Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Zero Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today I am so excited to have on a Foomf and year old, a 35 year old from Ketchum, Idaho, USA. His hockey journey has taken him to the USA, Canada, and Germany, a staple with the Colorado College Tigers during his 14 pro seasons or Fiertsen. Profi ice hockey spielen <laughs> um, to date has laced up for over 300 East coast hockey games and 40 AHL matches. Not sure if he realized he could get his German pass at that point. He has since spread his hockey wings in Deutschland first with the Fishtown penguins of Bremerhaven in the fight to Bundesliga, my old honey hole. And then in the DL where he became an actual Deutsche Meister of the actual first league folks, not like me, not a second leaguer <clears throat> with the Adler Mannheims. That's the Eagles. And he just finished his first season with one of the sheds, honey holes, the Straubing Tigers as a plus 12. Welcome to the shed, Cody Lample. What an intro. It's going to be hard to follow. I like it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Hey, I get, I get into how we know each other. We have never met. So thank you for making the time for me. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, you know, like I said, I see, I mean, I, you know, you always see things like on uh, social media pages pop up. You popped up for a while. It's funny. Then I just moved uh, Moose uh, Maxi, I guess, is our, our equipment manager. Do you call and, him uh, Moose? Well, they call him Moose here. It's a, it's a strange thing for me to call him Moose because everybody in Straubing calls him Moose. Cause he's just a monster of a guy. He's just a moose of a man yeah. and uh, biggest, biggest guy on our team. He's and the equipment manager. But, exactly. But I, uh, he was my equipment manager in Utah, I think maybe 11 seasons ago. And we all called him Maxi. So it was a very strange uh, transition for me. So you hadn't year, seen him for 11 years and then he becomes your equipment you guy know, in I, Germany. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huh. That's wild. So that, that is when I know so that's why folks, if people share that when they come into the shed, if they share their shit, it really helps me out because Maxi or Moose shared his. And then I saw you see it and I'm like, huh, look at that beard. That guy looks like a hockey guy. I would talk to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still, you know what? Just hanging on. I'm a hockey guy though, for sure. <laughs> um, so, um, and then since I started following your stuff, you did just resign with Straubing Tigers, eh? I did. I did. Uh, They're going to have to kick me out of hockey. Um, oh, you're uh, only 35, man. You got lots yeah, of years left. Next, I'm 36 next month, though. So, you know, it's uh, it's coming know, to an I'm end. Pretty, pretty fortunate. Somebody playing, and if anybody watches me play, like, um, you know, I wish I was one of those guys that could, you know, hang on the half wall like you and score some goals and things like that. Uh, but I play a little bit more of a, 
you know, guys always joke that I don't need, uh, why am I looking at my stick so much? Uh, all I need is new shoulder pads, you know? So, um, but, I, uh, I could tell know. when the research team got hot, it, it didn't take long to figure out you weren't the same type of player as me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I was going to get into, uh, some of your pictures for the poster here. Okay. Sure. So when I yeah. saw you played for Idaho, um, I have it written down here. So this is kind of how I knew you weren't a goal scorer. With Idaho, you played 97 games with the Steelheads. We'll get into that, but you scored one goal. So, yeah. Um, but you kept moving up the hockey world, and I bet you um, you are a penalty kill specialist. Um, I bet you you block a ton of shots because I was looking at your pictures, and I couldn't tell if you were tongues out or if those are the shot blocker things. I, got a, I have a flap sewn to my uh, shin pads block shots yeah so it's a shot blocker yeah that are but they're actually sewn onto my shin pads so a lot of they, guys like are they, they flopping around they look like they were floppy no they, i mean they're a little bit but they don't no they don't move because they're just a nice piece of leather like sewn right on your shin pads nash actually makes them um nash sports are in canada and they and they've been on my shin pads now for maybe the last like seven years so it's uh so you that's not something like, the moose sewed on for you. They were no, there. it's not. You know what? Actually, uh, uh, a saddle maker in Idaho uh, sewed them on for me one off season, and uh, they've been. And I've now I've, I've had them do two pairs, and they've been. And then I had a saddle maker in Mannheim had to kind of re-sew them on there. So those really? guys they do the best leather work. Oh yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I uh, yeah. I remember when Germany tried to make us wear the shot blockers, and I'm like. They, they, they suck. I can't, they didn't no, feel well, right. You Skating didn't you feel right. Turn, you can't turn though, because every time you try to take like a tight edge, they bought uh, And I like to shimmy and go, shake. Yeah, yeah. I like to get exactly. you into the yeah, corners and then out. throw a reverse hit and then shimmy and shake, you know? Yeah. Can't yep. do that with those things. Can't do that. Can't do that. But who wants it? Who wants, you know what? I suffered from lace bite long enough and I don't need to be getting shots and pucks in the middle of my, uh, like where I bend there, you know, in the crease. That's when it really um, hurts, eh? Right where you bend plus, your ankle. Yeah, they exactly. dig right in plus, there when you block plus, one there. I throw a lot of heavy, you know, two-hand slash stuff like that on the top of guys' feet and shit mm. like that. So I don't need, those guys. I don't, yeah, so I, yeah, of course. Use everything you have. I agree. So how do you feel about the, the refing in Germany so far? <laughs> well, I just think, I mean, obviously the refing, I mean, it's it's not it's not the best, you know, it's, um, but it, you know, it's tough, but it, I think it's hockey as a whole though. I think, uh, you know, now you're taught to almost put yourself in a vulnerable position. So, um, you know, I think it's kind of, they don't you know, protect themselves anymore. And no, then when no, someone gets blown up, they're like, well, that's a suspension. I'm like, well, no, well, the guy had his head down. <laughs> and that's everywhere. That's everywhere. Now, now, like before you were taught like, Hey, don't turn, don't duck. Uh, don't do that. And now, uh, you know, you're told you can do anything without any sort of uh, repercussion, and it's and it's good on you because you're a power play guy and you get to go out there and score. You know. Um. Yeah, I do know. Um. I. That's, I, that's how. So you know. Germany was always kind of like that, though. And I'm picturing you throwing some massive body checks. I remember in Germany, every time somebody would get hit really hard, it was a penalty for like hitting too hard. They'd call it something. Yeah. Still yeah, happening yeah, then? Know. What's that? Is that still happening over there? Yeah, it's still happening. But I think the biggest thing is, is just the fans. Anytime anyone touches the ice, the fans are just up in arms. And the fans and can call a, penalties in those leagues. And right? make such a scene. But it really just depends on the night. Like 
some nights you'll have, you know, it'll be a really good hard game, big hits thrown. And I think another thing, it depends on the players too. You see players dive all the time. You see some teams have players that dive all the time and they try and sell stuff. And then you have other teams that don't. And the teams that don't, you really have good games and good hard games. And, and I think Germany, I mean, I, I watch highlights in Sweden and I'd be arrested in Sweden. If I were to go try and play in Sweden, I'd be arrested there because I, I watch things that happen in Sweden on like highlight things. And I just shake my head that it's just, Is it it's like diving and shit or what? No, it's just, I mean, it's the fact that they lay down, but just they go and review things and still make these penalties. So um, it's just the way things are called there, what suspensions are. And, um, you know, but I, I think Germany is the closest to the North American game um, that uh, outside as of the opposed UK, to maybe. overseas game. You <laughs> yeah. know, so. Maybe not the UK, though, because they're basically like North American. Yeah. League. Yeah. Well, yeah. you could right. right. You'd I mean, fit right in there if you ever want to get your NBA before you shut her down. You know, but you got yeah, a German yeah. pass. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was, yeah. You're the type of player you are. I bet you, you would fit right in, in the UK league. Uh, but yeah, so you're in Germany and you got your German pass. So when did you find out you could get your German pass? Basically when I went to, uh, I was gonna, I was actually going to call it a career. I was, uh, I just had back surgery. So I, my, my year in St. John's, I was just battling through, probably from December, an injury. And I was gonna, um, so then I finally got my back uh, done in July. So I was, uh, I was 29 at the time. And um, or was I 29? No, maybe I was like 20. Yeah, I don't know. It was earlier than that, maybe. But I, anyway, I end up going back to the East Coast League for starting November and play the year. And I thought that was gonna be done. I had a guy, Matt Zaba, who is now my business partner. He was just getting done with a career. He was going to have hip surgery. He was playing in Europe, a goalie. And he's like, hey, Lamps, I'm done. I see that you're doing uh, hockey coaching and doing like skill development stuff and all that. I'd like to partner up with you. I said, okay, that's perfect. I think I'm going to be done. This is my last year. Um, and then all of a sudden I got a phone call from uh, from from Bramerhaven, from Fishtown Penguins. And they said, come on over here. I said, I don't know. I don't know. And he said, oh, I, I think you have some uh, German, German hair. I was going to go over as an import. In the, and they were in the second league at the time. And I was like, I don't know. It's not really for me. We have a young kid. We have another kid on the way. I would have liked to do that when I was single, whatever, you know. And then my wife said, no, nope, we're going. I don't care. We're going. And, uh, and now said, look, okay. you're still there. And, then, <laughs> and still there. And I don't know if we're going to move back. Like, I'm, I'm in, you know, All right. So. so can do Sprechen ein bisschen Deutsch? No. No, I, I, I'm missing. I'm missing. Uh, do you, you feel know, it I'm in missing. the DEL? Eh? The, in, when you play in the second league, you learn a little more German because there's less imports, right? You kind of get forced into it. Yeah, you definitely do. And it's crazy. My kids, they go to full-blown German school. They are assimilated. I mean, they've been over here seven years now, you know, and the ones that are like, they're- They'd be full they, fluent. They speak. Doing... Oh yeah, full fluent. They speak. That's, you know, third grade, first grade and got a young one um and uh no my it's embarrassing actually though the i mean i understand and can speak a little bit but for being over this long it's a little bit embarrassing yeah it's weird though because like when i went over there you don't know if you're going for one year you don't know if you're going for six years like i went for is after the first year you're like ah maybe i should try i'm resigning i'm coming back and life really is a lot more fun and easier when you can speak the language and like you can move around and chit chat and by the end i was good enough i canceled my cable and internet all in german yeah so on the phone i I was proud of that i I mean that's impressive that's impressive you know it's it's 
I always ask, you know, for the kids to kind of speak with me at home and do things like that. And they still do like they're on the phone with it, but it's frustrating. But they don't, they don't speak, but they don't speak any other English. So it's like, if I don't speak with them here, then, you know, right. who's speaking English with them. So it's, and they need to learn um, that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's, I mean, but it's something I'm definitely going to focus on more uh, now that all the kids are in school and I got a little bit more time on my hands. So, so what did you say about course, not moving back though? You said you might no, stay. I, I, no, just Ellie, you know what? My wife wants to stay over here so bad. Um, it is you nice know, over she, there. <laughs> she, it's just such a, we, you know what? We have a, we have a camper over here. We have a camper van. Like we go no. on the weekends. Oh yeah. Any off day we get, we hop in the, you know, we have like a seven, 7.3 meter camper. We go take off. It's just really living life over here. Yeah. We've been, now so I've, what are I've your been, best trips you've done in, in the camper? Oh man. Switzerland, Austria, you know, quite the Czech drives eh, through there. <laughs> the beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, and wild. these campsites are unbelievable. And just, you know, like I said, we go up the mountain, we'll go up just for the night and go stay at a ski. Uh, we go like kids fuel, go stay in the parking lot of a, of a, of the mountain there, go ski in that one day and then come back the next. I mean, it's just, so, so you're living, you're living, we're living. Yeah, we're There's living. a lot of guys that go over there and really don't do anything. They sit in their apartments and watch TV. Right. I got no choice. we got three kids. Like this is their life. So what do you right. do? You, know, yeah, you, you got to show them. Get shit. Out. You got to get out, do everything. And I, that's why we came over here in the first place is to make sure that they see as everything as they can. And, and uh, I mean, obviously they've done a lot better job than me because they go to German school and all they do is speak German. So, so what uh, ages are they? You got three of them. Yeah, so I got nine, so I got nine, nine and a half, going to be seven here in a month, um, and then a two and a half year old boy. Okay, and uh, any hockey being played? Are the first yeah, two girls? Two, yeah, two girls are playing hockey. Um, you know, they're uh, they're uh, doing a little bit of golf. One does soccer, the other does hip hop dance. So you know, just they're in activities, and and we stay. So the thing is, school doesn't get done here until uh, July thirtieth. So we don't come back for the summers. We're here all year round. I've been back to the States in three years. Really? Yeah. So how does that work then? Okay. So then I'm ready I'm to on transition. I'm, I'm ready to transition. Months. Okay. I'm ready yeah. to transition yeah. into mountain high hockey and your business yeah. partner. Um, yeah. Zaba, you said? Yeah, Matt um, Zaba. Zaba. So anyways, if you're in Germany, how are you running a skills development in Colorado? That's a good question. Good question. So you're not Basically, pulling your weight in this partnership, are you? Not pulling my weight whatsoever. <laughs> uh, and you know what? It basically, the only reason why I didn't go back, uh, you know, last two years, there wasn't even allowed ice in Colorado during the time because of the pen. So I didn't go back. Um, we ended up doing our, we didn't, we normally run our big camps in the summertime. And then I do like lessons and stuff, skating lessons, all this stuff, like, you know, in the summers. Um, and since, since COVID hit and all that, uh just didn't really make sense for me to go back this is kind of the first year that uh that the camps are going to be run by guys that work for us and our goalie camps still go off every day and zabs i mean he works with tri-city storm he works with uh every youth program in colorado i mean he just is such a grinder and 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 on the goalie side so the player side it's kind of taking a little bit of a back seat yeah. um but you know uh soon but yeah, and event like hockey doesn't last forever, right? And I'm assuming you guys would probably be heading that way more than likely. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. You know, that's how like it's interesting how small the hockey world is because like I put up the picture up of you and say confirm shed guy or whatever. Then I go watch a minor hockey game in town or a hockey game, and a guy's like, 
how do you know him? He's in the skills development. I watch all his stuff. So um, there's a guy here in Concordon that's been watching your skills development. Quiller. All right. Tell, tell him we've been locking on the YouTube there, and uh, we're going to start putting out some more videos soon. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> and uh, you're another guy. You're at least like the fifth guy that worries me. I might You might make the shed legitimate because you have a blue check mark beside your name. What does that mean? No idea. How do you, no you, idea. you didn't do anything to get it? No, I, I think, I think it, I think when I played for one of the teams over here, uh, you know, social media guys, you get that because people would pop up and kind of like make pretend make to accounts be you. of you. Yeah. Pretend to be you. That's and great. Cause so, in Germany, so they, this is my yeah, story. Right. I got to tell one in yeah, Germany. Right. I had a guy pretend to be me. I didn't have Facebook. I fought the good fight. I did not want to be on social media at all. And I did not have a Facebook account until a guy said to me, one of my teammates says a guy on the other team's wondering why you're, you're asking to be everybody's friend. They're like, they don't know you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I, I check it out. And this guy's friends with like every hockey guy in the world. And it wasn't me. And he had pictures of me up playing hockey, pretending to be me. It creeped me right out. It took me over a year to kick that guy off of Facebook. I had to get an account yeah, so, just to get rid of him. This, yeah. So that's exactly why they do it. And uh, so the teams and the league kind of make sure that you get, you know, if you want to, or whatever, like they just kind of make sure they're like, make hey, you. you're, what's your yeah. email? You're verified, done deal. And then it's, you know. Uh, that's, that's good they do that. Cause man, I was creeped right out when I was in Germany and there was someone like, he was putting on there like, I'm here tonight. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So back to your poster pictures. Okay. You won yeah. at home with Mannheim. Were you at home? Cause yeah. there was the stuff all over the ice. So winning at home would oh, be yeah. fun, eh? It was unbelievable. It was overtime game too. It against was uh, against against Munich against Red Bull. Oh dear! And they had just won three in a row. Uh, we just had an game unbelievable what? game. What game? Game five actually. Of a best game of seven. Five, best of seven. But they, in the second league of Germany, uh, they, it makes sense. You play a best of five in the finals. You play best of sevens till you get to the finals, and then they switch it to a best of five because that makes a lot of sense, Germany. Really? Yeah. Really makes no sense. So, but now, now because of like the way it works out, our playoffs are actually just best of five this year, but only because uh, the Olympic break and uh, and like COVID suspended games that they, they didn't want the season to go. Well, at least on they're longer. having series, but okay. So it was a best yeah, exactly, of seven, and you exactly. won a game five. So you won it quite won handily. It, it quite handily, but you know what? Each each game was a grind and they actually came back from three, one and four, two to force overtime. And uh, so it was kind of like, I don't know if that, if we don't get that game, you know, it's uh, momentum's definitely going the other way. So it was, it was, yeah, it was in game five, but it wasn't so handily. I wouldn't say, you know what I mean? So it was a tough, it was a tough series. Well, um, I guess this, I also beat Munich to win my, to become a Deutsche Meister too, but it was in the second league and they weren't ready. Wait, so, <laughs> wait, so, so who, so where were you were in, wait, were you in Robinsburg? No, beating Hive Steelers for four years. That's, I won it my first year there. Um, and okay. then we were supposed to move up. And then that's when, uh, like, Porsche was pretty well going tits up at the time. So they were our big sponsor. They said no to the money and moving up. I had already resigned. Then the next year, I hurt my knee. Budget goes down, and then we suck in Beatingheim for years. Now okay. they're good again, though. Yeah, 
Yeah, now they're the DL, up. right? Yeah. They just got up. This was the first year. Yeah, wow, it was supposed up. to happen in 2009, you know? <laughs> but no, I was with Land Soup before that. And then after oh, so you were close. Oh, so you were close. So you were close to, oh, and you were in Halbron. Okay. Oh, yeah. So they were, so you were, so you were close to here and you were close to Mannheim. So you were, and you're exactly. So I've everywhere. skated in Mannheim with Halbron. Our training camp was in Mannheim. That's quite the facility, eh? You were on the real team. <laughs> unbelievable facility and they just like the year or the summer before i got there they just put like a couple million into the locker room again like and it's a new building they just i mean the money they spend there is ridiculous you know yeah, it is ridiculous that that i think we were just on the practice rink but my goodness like yeah yeah, yeah. they really do her up there and then they have that academy yeah, right where they're just breeding hockey players now <laughs> they are they are i had a couple, i mean i had some i had some unbelievable every year i had a young stud on the team like more cider one year tim stutzel the next year i mean it was just great they're just breeding them yeah well the young germans are doing well um okay so you won it at home in overtime who scores that goal thomas larkin mm. so in a, a, a nice italian goal? yeah nice goal yeah nice goal italian american british he holds like four passports this guy He's a uh, international you know, man good, of mystery. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's like Jason Bourne, this guy. He, uh, but he, yeah, nice goal. Little, little, like a uh, little give and go pop back. Like he's a D man kind of fake. Like he was going to go down, gave puck the corner, pop back out to the, uh, to basically like top the circle. One timer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a totally different game on the big ice. Eh? Like when you watch the NHL games and how fast everything's moving, like the big ice is a lot different. I think they're going to shrink. I think they're going to shrink the ice here. They should. They, 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 they already did in, uh, in Schwinnigan has, uh, they shrunk the ice. And I think because IHF is, uh, is going to smaller ice, they're going to do the same thing. Oh, Which they're, I, they're I going might, to smaller ice. More, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Next question about the poster then is there's a beer of you with your face. There on. Is. What's that? Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I, I did a, um, uh, tattoo graph so i'm i probably have like 300 hours of of tattoo work on my body so it's always 300 hours 300 hours my whole body whole body yeah you know you're covered so i yeah covered so um it's always a big topic here so when i got to Mannheim, uh you know how you have like individual did you ever have like individual jersey sponsors you know, yep. in, oh, in yeah. I, I, you know, I had a meat sponsor. The guy gave me okay. free meat. <laughs> okay. So you had a meat sponsor. And when I go to Mannheim, I'm thinking I'm going to like, you know, the New York Yankees, a professional, shave your beard, all, do all that, you know, like yes. most professional. So anyway, they loved, they loved like the personality and let me be myself, which was amazing. That's awesome. And, af and after my first year, um, they got approached by a tattoo shop. Uh, for a jersey sponsor on my jersey and i said well how, how does a tattoo shop afford a jersey sponsor on this and they're actually a wholesale uh they also wholesale all like jewelry for piercing so like any shop that also like they're they're like one of the original tattoo shops in Mannheim or in germany but they're also then they do wholesale like needle supply uh, uh piercing jewelry and all this and that's where they make the majority of their money from the wholesale stuff so they're so, a big, big, they're a big company in the tattoo world. So, so they have like a big company behind them, but it's still like, you know, small shop or whatever, who I was, you know, so it's a little bit of both. So anyway, 
they people in Mannheim are so nuts and so crazy that they they set up a tattoo graph where I would tattoo my autograph on no people that wanted it like a there bunch of like, people so it wasn't just there, one person there was like end up being like 75 people want to do it i end up end up for some odd reason just happened to be this number number i wear 32 i tattooed 32 people that night and the you tattoo tattooed your autograph 32 times 32 germans <laughs> And uh, <laughs> just so and, you know, I think it's really cool that a guy said he was going to get a two ales and hockey tails tattoo. And I think that's awesome. Um, so shout out to you. That'll be the only one in the world where that happens. And that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, and not only that, I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. I'm like, I'm not a tattooer. Yeah. I'm a tattoo collector. Do this, know this. And they're like the shops, like, and even like some artists who I really respect. So I'm like, man, they're like, do this. Think about if like, Mike Ness or Bruce Dickinson was like, Hey, I'll give you a tattoo. I'm like, yeah, I would get it. But I also am like cover, you know, like those are my like musical legends and I'm this. And like some of these people, it was their first tattoos ever. And so they're the getting forearm, your autograph on the forearm, on the wrist, on their ankle, nothing else around it. So it was insanity. The team, it was like, it was such like a surreal feeling. I was never been more nervous in my life, but then it was like the team like also pushed it too. So it was like, it was just, uh, it was what, what year experience. of this in Mannheim? Is this your first this year? This would have been, this would, no, this would be my second year there. This would have been the, uh, this would have been like a month or two before the pandemic hit. So it would have been like maybe January of, was wow. that 2020, 2020? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It was, um, it was wild. <laughs> i've heard of like there were guys in cardiff that like uh they would ask say like they would get a tattoo or you could tattoo your autograph on them but that was one person not like 32 of them lining up <laughs> it was insane we had to turn away I, we had to play i had to play cologne the next day i tattooed from like maybe 5 30 p.m until like close to like probably 11 30 you know, because and because and how long does one like, tattoo of doing your autograph well, take? Well, it doesn't take that long, but there's only three stations there. So like I would have we'd have a guy breaking down, you know, like we'd have the tattooers that work there, like breaking down and setting up each station. So I could come in, glove up, you know, attach a machine, placement, stencil placement, whatever on there, you know. I don't know anything go. about tattoos. I have yeah, never got but, one. But that so. was the biggest thing is that like breaking down and setting up each station to make it sanitary right. is like the longest part of it, you know? So make Not sure. Not the actual tattooing. Yeah. Plus, plus like you have to, you know, everyone has to fill out their forms. Everyone has to do that. You know, it's just like, it's. And <laughs> so this was your sponsor helped set this up. And then so all, they, so they, they put brought, it out there. Yeah. And then people are like, I want it. I want that tattoo. So they brought me the idea. I was like, I don't know. And, and I, I'm like, team high seems like, yeah, they think this is amazing. I'm like, all right, I'm in it. And they just, it, the, the shop's called trust tattoo. And, and honestly, they're just probably, probably the best people I've, I've like encountered in my hockey experience. Just like, you know, because the, the, the two passions, just like the, the sub counterculture that's, that's there and then got to like and i think the fact that it intersected with Mannheim was the coolest thing to me because when you look at that organization like all you think is like you clean know cut like clean cut professional and then 
there's me there. All the you know, fancy doing pants, this. boys. Yeah. Right. And then there's all the genetic specimens. Yeah. Right. I know what you mean. Exactly. And then exactly. there's you with the big beard, all the tattoos, and they embraced it. And they let you be yourself. That's cool. Exactly. Let me be myself. Like all the marketing they did, like all the guys were so jealous of, like that these, that the teams like do all this fun, like marketing with me because, you know, people want it that way. And it was just like, honestly, it was really, it was really cool. That, that sounds like a day that you'd never forget, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, okay. Um, so then uh, <laughs> what else do I got about your uh, posters is then, yeah. So you do go skiing with your family. I saw the picture you guys see. Yeah. That's in the, you're in the camper, just cruising around, living the life, eh? Just anytime getting in the camper. When did you, you get know? the camper? Got the camp, got the camper a couple of years ago. So yeah. yeah good idea. Years ago, really good idea well, with the kids and everything. You know what? Well, we just, you know, honestly, the team is like, we knew we needed a second car kind of over here. And, and I was paying for, you know, you know, how the boys, like if, if you have gals over here or something, like maybe, maybe like the guys, a couple of guys you live next to, you pitch in and get like a second car, you know, mm-hmm. to like have your rink commuter basically. And, you know, we, we ended up renting uh, an RV, like, and going on an unbelievable Switzerland trip. And, we're like, man, are we a camping family? Because I think I think we are. You know, like that. Wow. What we love to do. You know. I'm so t- then, then we looked yeah. into getting one, and it, we we're like, man, this just makes so much sense to just have. And you know what? Like, if anything, if we ever leave, you know what? We'll keep it at a friend's house. Whatever. You know, and it'll always be an excuse to come back. Well, I, I couldn't imagine all the cool places you could go. Like I remember being in beating and you'd, you'd take a trip down to the Bowden sea and, uh, or you go wherever and, um, you go to whatever Black that place Forest. in Italy was you know? Lago de Garda yeah. or something. Yeah. Lake Garda. Garda. Yep. Yeah. Lake Garda. We just were there. Yeah. Oh man. Those play. I felt like James Bond at that lake in a, we 100%. rented a boat for the day and you're cruising around with a little motor boat with your dog and your wife. And you're like, God, I feel like James Bond out here. It's just too easy not to do it. And, that, and I, my wife, and I was talking about it, like, you know, if, if we had it, she's like, man, I wish that we were at the beginning again because she's like, what would you do different? I'm like, well, right when we got here, I was like, I'd buy a sprinter, honestly, build it out. And every day I'd be gone, especially like a sprinter van, you know, like, uh, you know, like a van, whatever. And every day, especially because we came over here in the second league, you know, at first, and it was like, man, all the off time you have and free to like, I'd be everywhere. Right. And it's weird because like for me, I was the youngest import over there when I went over there. Right. And by the end, I was one of the older ones. Like I was there most of my like twenties, I was in Germany and to look back on it, I didn't appreciate what I was seeing, what I was doing. And if I could have gone back at say like your age or, you know, in my thirties, I would have appreciated what I was doing a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just, I'd never been to Europe before. Um, I, you know, I'd never really traveled anywhere uh just because hockey you know like me being in idaho i I always had to travel in the summertime to go try and uh you know play for like a summer league team to actually get something competitive because i'm playing b hockey my whole life growing up so the summers was kind of like in between like you know little league baseball uh baseball games like was going up to seattle and going to play uh hockey games when i was younger so i didn't travel anywhere and and then uh you know you never get the you never get the spring break because you got college playoffs during spring break so you always miss that and like never got any of that so i just 
I, what you're giving, you're providing your kids with the memories and like what you guys are doing. It sounds like you guys are living. Yeah, we're living. There's like I said, we're living. And uh, so you're on a one year no deal. You got one up. more year. Yeah. So I just signed another year, kind of living, just living year to year. And um, like I said, I was going to be, I was going to be ready to be done a couple of years. What do you ago. think's next for you? I guess it'll be the skills development and getting into the hockey scene. Yeah, it'll be the it'll be the skill development for sure, um, and uh, and hockey stuff back in Denver probably for sure. So you already know what you're wanting to do, so there's no anxiety that way because she can get to you. <laughs> well, I think the housing market's the the anxiety part because we don't own a ha- we don't own a place. So oh yeah, place. so that, I think that's the only anxiety that we have. Like and and we were because we were really... it keeps going up. You keep thinking you're well, saving more, but it keeps going like, up what you're saving. Like, I think I have to play until there's a talk. You know. Yeah. No, I and that's that's one thing. My old man talked me into it when I was in Germany was to get in and get a place and we did and then we had a guy rent out our basement we had our Woody our Woody rented out our basement and we we did that set up for six years he would rent it out and then we'd live together in the summers and then we'd leave and yeah it's tough man because it keeps going up it's crazy yeah, yeah and I think that's the I think that's and the other our families my wife's from New York her parents live in New York and Florida. You know, they're divorced there. My parents are in Idaho. Our place is in Denver. So when we're over here, we're like, I mean, do we just live over here? Because it's so easy and our it's close. It's none of our family lives together. So, right. But you know, then once like it's you over, home, you're not, what are you like? But I guess you could do the skills development, and not really have to yeah, speak you can do that much. Stuff over here. My wife, my wife wants to open up a bakery, a cafe. Like, I mean, it's just, does she have those skills? Cause they got oh, high end bakeries goodness. over there. And you, you should see, of course she has these skills. You should see this, oh, see geez. this body. Yeah. See this body. She you got a good skills. one. Do you know that she in Germany, my nickname was Kugel blitz. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you know what that means? Round lightning. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> Like that was that. until I hurt my knee. And then I was just Kugel. There's no more. Blitz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just round after. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, well, so she can like do it all. Cause those bakeries, they, they ruined me at Germany. You could tell me I'm walking to the rink. Anyways, I'm going to walk by five different bakeries that have fantastic little sandwiches, little croissants. Yeah, little sandwiches and stuff. Oh. But you don't get good. You don't get good stuff. That's sweet over here. She does. She does like French pastries and like sweet things, you know. That oh, just, see, I'm not that really into that, you know. I, I get my body through the meat and potatoes. I, yeah, I really yeah. just I like get that. too aggressive, you know. So Germany was the place for you, huh? I I ran amok in the food world over there. <laughs> and with Manfred, the meat guy, giving me free meat. Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> Well, that'd be really cool. Whatever you guys decide to do when it's over. But like, yeah, we love Germany too. What a spot. Um, yeah. Till I was asked not to come back. <laughs> then we didn't. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that call. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it sounds like you're doing just fine. And uh, so I don't forget, because uh, I always forget to talk about my stuff here is uh, this weekend, folks, until Sunday, we're having a Wally 15 sale on the website for uh all the different sweaters, shirts, hats, everything for your sale. If you put in the code Wally15 with capital Wally15, you get 15% off everything till Sunday. And that's because my honey hole, the UK league's got their playoff weekend and the season will be done this weekend. So we're going to give a sale till Sunday when the season ends in the UK. Okay. Wally15, folks. 
swipe up. If I knew how to do that, I'd make you swipe up, but I don't know how to do any of that. <laughs> okay. So that magazine picture that you were holding for the poster, what's that? That was so that was a uh that was one of the, the bigger the biggest tattoo magazine publication in Germany. So and you had on, all these po- these tattoos before you went over there. Yeah, you were covered yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. So covered, but I was, yes, covered. Um, but I've been adding small pieces here and there, uh, you know, but no, I was covered before I came over here and then got to do a, uh, got to do, uh, was asked to do a spread um, for, it was actually the biggest publication in Germany. And I think they just moved to fully online which like was a pretty sad day but they but anyway it was so i got to be in the last publication of the, of the magazine of the magazine and it's like a magazine that i would buy when i got over to germany like seven years ago every month like i i would i would buy the because it'd be showing you all the different tattoos and everything and yeah you're, just that's, like you're into that that's whenever, your passion whenever I'd, whenever I'd lose uh like if you'd lose magazine boy you know in a thing and like you got to get like, a, you know, I don't make sure you get like a porno mag, a, a tattoo mag, a, you know, a auto mechanic, uh, you know, magazine and a, like whatever, you know, for the locker room. So I'd always make sure that I put it in the locker room just so like, you know, Boys, let, let everyone take a look. Well, yeah. I, I think before we dive right into this is uh, I'd like to know what all your tattoos are on you. Like what, what, what uh, is the base? If you got the full body, there's got to be like uh, some so, kind of well, a story to it. No. Well, I just all my I so all my tattoos are pretty much the same style, which would be like American traditional, you know, and then blending into like the neo traditional style of tattooing. So that's like so that that means every every tattoo that I have has an outline, you know. So you would say it looks like a tattoo, as opposed to like something that's super realistic, right? Or something that's uh, it's oh, like it's its own and, tattoo with an outline of it. Exactly. Well, just the whole piece itself, so like my whole back, let's say, is an American traditional piece. Goes, it's old school. It's it's bright and colorful, but it's a huge eagle, you know, uh, huge eagle with a boat underneath, roses down the side. Uh, so it's like a huge piece, but the whole piece in itself, everything on there has a, a, a black outline, you know, and then it's and then it's colored from there because. You know, it'll never lose its shape, you know, its shape. It'll never bleed, it'll never run, it'll never whatever. You know, it's it's the 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 whole thing with American traditional tattooing is if it's good enough for your grandpa, it's good enough for you. You know what I mean? That's like that was like the saying in the shop. So like so your all, back all is tattoos, an eagle and yeah, you so, won the German championship with the Adler Mannheim, which is the Eagles. I did, but I also had to then uh get uh, because my two favorite things being a, a, a German American, I had to get another little Eagle, but that Eagle had to be holding a pretzel, you know, because those are my two favorite things, you know, so, so my German American roots. So like I have that, but like all my tattoos have like black outline, you know, first, you know, everything's then colored. in. so that's like, you know, that's like theme for, you know, it's like black outline, you know, like, what does that one say there? What, what does those words say? Appreciate, 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 you know, this is a, you know, and all these, like I said, like neck, you know, chest, all these, it's crazy to think like I got teammates coming up and 
you know, like Stutzler was on my team. And I used to tell him, I was like, man, my tattoos are older than you, you know, which is crazy <laughs> to think about, you know, like I started this journey getting tattooed at 16. And uh, I was like, man, I was like, Timmy, like, what was your first tattoo? It was, uh, it was an Idaho on my shoulder blade. Uh, with two hockey sticks, the typical, you know, I know, and it's built into the, the back piece now, but it, uh, um, I was the first one from Idaho to, to go play division one college hockey. So as soon as I committed, um, I got the Idaho with two hockey sticks on there. So back in, uh, you know, I committed, I think 2001, I think it would have been so. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's cool. Um, we've really just been shooting the shit and I got a whole bunch of notes here about your career. We haven't even got to yet. So we should get into this Idaho thing. I've been there. I've been to Boise and I tell you what a spot and you played there two years. So here we go. Did you grow up in Ketchum, Idaho, or is that where you're born? Nope. Grew up in Ketchum, Idaho. I was born in Pittsburgh, moved out to Idaho in 94. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's good that they got, okay. It says you're from Ketchum, Idaho. So then how big is that town? It's a small ski town. So it's uh, six, 6,500 people in the, in the county. Um, and so, and the, and the county's or the county's Blaine County, but it's called Sun Valley, Idaho. Um, so there's Sun Valley and Ketchum. It's the first chairlift in North America, America's first winter resort. Really? Yeah. Huh. So there's probably some, so, is it still a night? Is it a nice ski hill? Like it's a big one. Oh, oh, it's uh it's a Jackson hole, Aspen, Sun Valley. I mean, those three are the, the three spots if you're talking like ski resorts in North America for sure. So there's three, some, three, be some cash three house, around that area. Three houses or three jobs. That's what uh, that's what we always said, you know. <laughs> um, okay, so that's a nice area then uh, where you're yeah. from. So how do you get into hockey, not skiing? Yeah, so we did. We skied too, and and uh, but I just you know, there's just things that you like more than other, you know, and I just, and you're better at them too. Right. And it's more competitive. It's more you, right. Skiing's fun. I love it, but it like, I need to get the competitive well, juices right. flowing. And, and right? I had the passion for hockey before. So I moved, we moved to Idaho when I was, uh, you know, summer going into third grade. So I'd already played. So that was kind of my passion before I went out there. And then, and then I, I didn't start skiing until the next winter. So Hockey was, was kind of already there. Groundwork was set. I was, uh, you know, Mario Lemieux was my hero, um, being a Penguins fan and everything like this. And uh, so, so Ketchum's got there, a like, minor hockey got, program. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's called Sun Valley Suns. And, okay, uh, and that's what you grew up and playing? It's, and it's actually, yeah, it's actually got a senior, a senior A team that they play in like that black diamond hockey league here. And it's just, you know, they, those guys were like my heroes growing up, but it's all like, you know, when you look back on it now, I mean, it's not great hockey, but you know, those guys are who I looked up to, you know? Well, for sure. Everybody needs people to look up to and their kids. Um, okay. So then um, what else do I got? Um, how far away is that from Boise then? Uh, about two fifteen, two and a half. Okay. Cause that's the, you know, I, I had never been to Idaho. I didn't know anything about it. And then we played them in the finals with the Daytona beach bombers. And um, I could not believe everybody had a smile on their face. Everybody's biking around. Everybody was sitting out on patios, just having a time. And I'm like, why is everybody in Boise, Idaho? So goddamn happy. And then I saw it was sunny out every day. There were mountains. It was everybody, everybody in all of Idaho, all of Idaho's like this, maybe not the Northern tip, you know, when you got like, you know, maybe not like Coeur d'Alene area, not all Idahoans, but everywhere else. I'm telling you, it's uh, quite the unbelievable place. It's unbelievable place. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, you grow up playing there then. So um, ho- like baseball, football, the normal American everything. sports. Baseball, is football, there? basketball. Yep. Everything. You were doing it all? Doing it all. Okay. But you were good at hockey. So then how do you get from there to the USHL? Yeah, so uh, I actually was able to go to, like, you know, those uh, USA hockey festivals, like, when you start to be 14 or whatever, and you go, like, try I don't know much about the USA. Minor. All right, so you go, whatever. It's called USA hockey festivals. So, you But know, you do you like pay for that? Are your parents paying for that to get you into that? Or are you recruited no, to go there? No, you don't. You might pay, but it's, like, 50 bucks for the tryout or whatever. And then it's, like, you have to pay to get there but you don't pay for it. It's like USA hockey, you know? Okay. So, but, yeah. but they, so they do it like for development basically. And then, so you have a state tryout and then the state like that you're in is only allotted based on signups, like a certain amount of spots then to go to the re your regional. And then once you go to the regional, then they pick a team to go to the national. So you festival. made it for Idaho. You And I make for Idaho. Like I think, at, you know, at each age group, they only do it for like four age groups. So 14, 15, 16, 17. And we're only allotted like three forwards, one defenseman, and one goalie. And yeah, then you wouldn't get much out of Idaho, right? <laughs> you ain't get much because we don't have very many signups. So, anyways, end up going there, going through, uh, get a phone call uh, from like a AAA team in Dallas, actually. And they're like, hey, are you playing anywhere? I'm like, playing anywhere? No. Uh, come on down to Dallas. Like, I bet you'll love it here. And so that's where like the Ludwigs, uh, Brad Cooper, like, you know, Western, so and ended up going down there and uh, playing my midget hockey in Dallas. Okay, so that's, um, we've been chatting before, folks, was that um, I asked you if you had played with the Claxons, right? Matt yeah. and Chris Claxon, because I saw you had played with them in the USHL. And Matt Claxon, when he came to Western Michigan, I'm not joking. So, you know, college is a different game. There's little buggers ripping around skate way too fast trying way too hard everybody's in phenomenal shape and they're just going 100 miles an hour and then you bring in matt claxon who was a tough guy in junior right i looked the research team found the year he played with you had like tough 270 nail, points tough as nails. or penalty minutes tough as, nail, tough yeah. as nails lefty lefty you'd hear him he's got mike tyson voice you'd hear him like behind the you know like behind a wall and talk shit like who is this guy and then all of a sudden nails and uh he, he was as tough as they got in junior and even in pro, like he went, that's what he did. He went, and he, he went and fought. Every heavy. I just found it he so interesting that he came to college hockey, because if you're a fighter, there was no fighting, but that guy especially was scary. And because man. he would dad, run into everybody. <laughs> and especially because his dad was tough as nails in right. Kim Claxton. And, uh, you know, I think he was actually like an, uh, you know, Gretzky protector when Gretzky was in Indy playing for the racers. Um, I mean, he's tough, but anyway, Matt Claxon, we played on a Mike team together before <laughs> I moved out to Idaho. And then we end up coming back and playing then in Chicago for the steel together. So in the USA, where were you before Idaho again? In Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. That's where he was from. Yeah right? Yeah. Yeah. So we played for the Mount Lebanon Hornets. <laughs> and then, Okay. Anyways, I got sidetracked <laughs> there, but so you went to Dallas yeah. to play triple a in the Ludwigs. Cause he, I pretty sure when he came for a recruiting trip, I was one of the guys that took yeah. him out at Western Michigan. Tyler was yeah. it? Trevor. Yeah. Ty- well, Tyler and Trevor. 
And I think, I think they both maybe committed to Western, but then one ended up transferring to Providence. And I don't know which one I would have had at the U club. There's definitely one sitting on a patio with me at the U club at Western Michigan. Yeah. Cause I remember the old man yeah. was the guy I would have watched growing up him playing for the stars. Right. Exactly. And he'd come out, he was our D he'd come out. He was our D coach. He like had just retired. Um, you know, I think going through like, I think they were going through a little divorce. He was pretty wild back, you know, pretty wild at the time. There's, he was a great guy though. Craig was an awesome guy. And, and Tyler and Trevor were great too. So. Uh, small world when you get shooting the shit in your shed. Anyway, so you went to the USHL from Dallas then. They see you there when you're playing AAA. So you move away from home at that point then to play AAA in Dallas. Yeah. Everyone, so you live with everyone, a family? Yeah, so I live with a family. Lived with a, I don't know, billionaire, but like high, probably billionaire. Honestly, lived with this family. It was it was a joke because it was like, I'll never have a better lifestyle in my life. And I was like 16 building with a family. So I lived with them. I lived with the Millers. There's this guy, Austin Miller, the kid and unbelievable, great guy. And his dad, just a single dad at the time, Doug Miller, who was a, a, an oil tycoon. And at the time they were trying to get him, like they were courting him to like try and buy the stars, you know, I think at the time and like, doing all this. and I'm a kid from Idaho. So I'm like, what the fuck like where am i right now and it was just you know hanging out with a couple like hanging out with the ludwigs and miller who like you know dads are in hl for this long other dads oil tycoon all of a sudden this and i'm just along for the ride you know and there's no like parental supervision whatsoever and it was just like it was amazing time that you know would be. amazing time so yeah. you played well though and you get the eyes then of uh where'd you start the sioux falls stampedes yeah you drafted there or do you, you know just... so so with, honestly within two or three months of moving to dallas i i signed a tender with sioux falls so that's back when you could like sign a tender where you didn't they could sign like three guys or two guys so they they could forego the draft like they wouldn't be draft eligible Oh, so, so that you means actually, you're with them and you don't get drafted. You're there. Exactly. Exactly. So I signed a tender and then committed to college basically right after the max tournament. So we went to the max tournament in December. And as a 16 year old, I can, I had a, you know, you committed to Colorado college when you're playing triple a in Dallas. I did. I did. Really? Yeah. Cause when I was going to NCAA, it seemed like guys, there were still guys that were like 20 year olds playing junior that were getting scholarships. There were guys that were at 18, 19. Now it seems like if you don't have a scholarship, when you're like out of diapers, like you're yeah. not going to get one. And, it's weird. and at the time, and at the time it was kind of, it was definitely rare. Like that. I went into junior already being Having committed, it. but it was, it was one of those things where like they wanted to keep, you know, they had a chance to keep a guy like West, you know, out West. And I'd taken looks like in New Hampshire, like Boston College, other places. And uh, like, or I had like interest from those schools and those, and they kind of just, they, they end up throwing like an offer super early. And, and I, I, I didn't know anything, honestly, it hit so fast. I, I, I wrote like, I wrote like Middlebury, like, a, you know, a, a, a letter like the year before and no response or no anything. And then all of a sudden, like six months later, I'm like, getting offers from like all these schools that I, you know, that it was, and this is all because you go to Dallas and you start. Yeah. It was all exposure. just because I was playing midget AAA all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, so you were, you, how big are you? Small. I'm not very big. Uh, 5'10, 180. 
you were then? No, no. I was probably five six, one thirty. You're only five ten right now. Yeah. Why did I think you were so big? That's what everybody says. Thought you'd be bigger, you know, like <laughs> Dalton, like Dalton. You know, my favorite movie. I honestly, I never looked at the height or weight. Uh, the research team didn't find it, but I was just look going off tattoos and beards. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so and then I guess also because you're not a goal scorer and you're getting recruited to all these schools, I just assumed you were big. Yeah, well, I, you know what? Like, I always just played a physical game and did that, like this. But you know, back then, like, you know, I scored a lot in midgets. Wasn't because my shot, but I mean, I've always been a, you know, I've always been just like a, get the puck into the best floor, get the puck in the forwards' hands, and then let them do the work, you know. And then I, I'd like playing then, with you. <laughs> and then I and then I play a sound hard game. And the biggest thing is, you know, how do I make sure that I have the tightest gap and I get the puck back to our team as fast as possible? I don't want to be playing defense. So you, you know, sound you aggressive. sound exactly like what I would want as a D man on yeah, the ice so, with me. So yeah, so I play aggressive. You know, and I uh, and I like I said, I just try to get the puck into the forwards uh, in a good spot and as quick as possible. Yeah, I yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I always found now that we're talking just hockey here, I always found that like it changes your whole shift if a D man rims it to you or if he passes it to you, say in stride flying out of the zone it changes everything about the whole shift and it's just those little things that people don't pick up on watching hockey is like one bad pass can fuck everything up for the whole shift yeah but I, and also more than that i think like does the does the d-man give up the blue line or does he shut it well, down and, so and, and tight so gap you when to, you bring up so tight you, gap that's right. so that's a big deal this so so you can pick it up already and you don't have to skate an extra hundred feet you know to you know, that you didn't have to skate when it was like not an odd man situation and you shut it down as opposed to like all of a sudden one D man comes flying and has a stride on you already. So it turns it into an odd man situation. Like shut it down at the blue line, use that blue line. You know, the blue line is a big thing. I remember when we played in Denmark, we would have the forwards back checking so hard that our D men could step up at the blue line and just try and kill people. Right. Because they knew that the forward is right in their pocket. Yeah, I mean, like it's D-man. Like if you're gonna, you got things coming through on two. If you're not sliding over, like if forwards are gonna make bang, 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 three passes are good on them. You yeah. know what I mean? But you gotta like, force them to their do face, it though. You yeah, know? get in their face. Yeah, 100%. I try when I coach my under eleven kids. That's what I say to them. I'm like, hockey's easy when you have time. Hockey is hard when you don't have time. Get right yeah. up in their business. Get your stick on the puck and get up in there. You know? <laughs> yeah, and I also tell too, too. It's like. What's the point of uh, what's the point of like playing hockey? Like you need to score goals. Like how do you? What's good defense? Good defense is making sure that you get the puck back. It's yep. not just it's not just defending the goal. It's get the puck back. It's brutal when you go out for a shift and you end up in your zone for like the whole time and you're like that wasn't fun. <laughs> like no, <laughs> you no. want the puck. No, <laughs> yeah. yeah, get the puck back. I feel like yeah, yeah, if we were similar ages and we would have played hockey together, I would have really enjoyed being on the ice with you. Okay, better move on though, um, because you were in Sioux Falls then, so you go there, and uh, then you end up with the Danville Wings that same year. So what goes on there? So uh, we had a coach. You might you might coach like you know this guy Mark Kaufman at all? 
Mark. You ever Cost? heard of him? No, I no. think he was coaching in uh in the coast in um in uh fuck who is the boardwalk uh bullies? What Atlantic City. Atlantic City. So yeah, right. So he coached in AC. Um and he all of a sudden like became the junior coach in Sioux Falls. So I'd signed a tender with Tony Gasparini and and then he like he left or got fired, maybe I don't know. Like one of the things. So this guy comes in, this guy has no clue. And apparently ended up being like a really decent coach at Ferris State, like all the guys liked him and all this. But this is my experience from junior hockey. Mm-hmm. He had no idea. We were like the worst team in the league, maybe like one in 20 or one in 22. And he calls me into his office. And I'm a senior in high school. He calls me into his office. Like, you know, he has a real high-pitched boy. He's like, Cody, you know, fucking traded you to Danville. He's like, you know, he's like, you're one of the lucky ones. You know, a team wants you. He's like, all these other guys, whatever. You know, I'm like, I'm like, coach, like, it's fucking November or, like, December. I'm a senior in high school. Like, what am I supposed to do? He's like, you're in fucking high school? You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm in high school. And he's like, and, you know, and he's like, you get to enjoy college next year. And I'm like, coach, if you just ask a question, like, I was committed for, like, the year after. So I got one more year of junior. He's like, you got one more year of junior, too? You know, so. He didn't even know. No fucking clue. So I hop in a car. Like, call my dad. I'm like, dad, I got traded. He's like, where do you get traded? I'm like, I don't know, somewhere in Illinois. He's like, all right, well, have fun. I, like, drive fucking 12 hours in this snowstorm, 17, packed all my shit. It literally, can't believe I made it there. Like, you know, just, it yeah. was, it was. I it remember was, getting sent down from, like, Syracuse to Dayton. I'm looking at the maps, like, okay, where the hell's Dayton? And you're doing that at 17. Yeah, right. So I print off fucking Google Maps. Hop in the car. It's a, just an absolute blizzard, like for probably eight of the hours. Yeah, I end up in Danville. All right. End up in Danville. It's like a shit show of a town, uh, little shithole. Um, and then uh, and then when we um, you know, ended up whatever is fine. And I knew I was gonna play one, I knew I was playing Warrior Junior. And the team was like moving to Indianapolis afterward. And I just asked for a trade. I'm like, man, your guys' travel's brutal. Like it's it's the furthest east you could possibly be, like it's possible to, you know, and 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 the owner, the owner, like it was just kind of like a rinky dink organization. I was like, hey, you know, if if possible, and you can get somebody for me, like, would you mind dealing me, like at the draft or something, and end up getting traded to Chicago, and I had it was great. Well, it takes a lot of pressure without that shit going on that you already have your scholarship, though, eh? Yeah, I took none of it. Right, I took great. It was all I got to just. If you don't have a scholarship and you show up at that team, that's one in 20 and your coach doesn't give a shit about nobody. It sounds like if he doesn't even know you got another year left and you already have a scholarship, like what were you doing as the coach that you don't know your players? That doesn't make sense. I don't think he knew anything. Dude. Like I like, I mean, but he, but he came from the coast, you know, like as a coach. So like, imagine you come to the coast, like you give all these guys, all this freedom, all this, whatever you can just like, you know, guys are just dropping like flies up, down, fucking you're calling in like, you know, at the beginning of the year, you're cutting everybody because you have so many guys at camp. Then by mid fucking February, like you're asking, you're asking a guy on a team like, hey, you got any brothers or friends or whatever, you know, to come <laughs> yeah. join you, you know? So it's like, he knew nothing, you know, it's like uh. come to junior hockey and he knew nothing. And, but it, you know, it ended up being a funny story, funny experience. And it kind of like, it, you know, it hardened you, I think a little bit too, like numbed out for like, Hey, this is what pro is going to be like, you know, I mean, it's a business. It's a thing. Like you're not going to get special treatment because you're here there. Like if they think they can get a couple players 
and build for the future. You know what they, I mean? They're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Like they were kind of in a rebuild and, and he thought I wasn't going to be there next year. You know, he's like, so I got a couple of good young guys and some draft picks to build, you know, and whatever. I'm like, well, I was going to be here next year, but it's all good. I'll <laughs> go somewhere else. No problem. Okay. So then you ask for the trade from Danville. So you end up with the Chicago steel, which would have been a good spot. And it looks to me like that's when you really come into your own. You had like, I, Oh, I was talking about how defensive you are, but you can put up points when put in the position. And it sounds like you have the right mentality. You're like, yeah, I'll give it to the guys that have all the skill that score goals. Right. And if you're on a power play, just give it to them. So that year you got 22 points in the USHL. That's a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. That's the whole thing. It's like, I, same thing like playing in pro too like I, i'm not a i'm not a point getter you know like not out there looking for it i'm doing like dirty work but yeah if you put me in a position like you know we'll make plays and do that stuff or whatever's mm -hmm. needed kind of thing you know yeah. so um you know that's kind of been the career over here too is it you know like when i was in bramerhaven i was pretty i was high scoring you know um yeah you were put in that position whatever needed you know be and then uh and then when I'm on other teams and I'm asked to be more defensive or more of this, like, Hey, that's what I'll do. You're so, just a team guy. And whatever they ask you to do, you do it. And if, if yeah. you're in the second league and they need the import or while you're waiting for your pass to play power play a bunch, you can, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, but it was even, but it was crazy because we even in the DL you're getting 30 points. Well, that was the thing in the DL. Like I think I led all Germans in scoring by D man that year. And, you know, as you could see, like, also, it was like had 120, 130 pips. Like that, that's what he, you wouldn't say that thing. So, like, you're looking at this. I'm like, you know, I'm like, it's you're capable of doing it when you're put in positions, you know? And but, that's how you end up in Mannheim. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then I, you know, you end up in Mannheim. They're like, hey, we don't need you to put up 30 points. You're yeah. here to have some this and toughness, yeah. things that other Germans can't provide, but you can provide as a German, you know? So, I was like, perfect. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. No. And, um, I, you know, we just met and all, but I feel like I'm getting to know you. And, uh, that's why I love the shed so much, but, um, every American Canadian that goes over to Germany and you start out saying Bremerhaven or Landshut or Beatingheim or wherever, everybody's goal is basically to end up with Mannheim and now Munich Red Bull. Like you want to get paid while you're playing hockey, right? That was a hundred percent to go. Like I said, I, when I went over there, first of all, I knew nothing, nothing about German hockey. I said I got a call from Bremen. You learn, you learn quick though, don't you? you I didn't know. Quick. I didn't know anything about the second league. I didn't even know what it was. I, I thought it was a joke. I'm like, why would I go to the second league of Germany? It can't be good. <laughs> well, I same thing. But then you go out for like a four on four practice or a three on three practice before the season starts, and you get like psyched out with how skilled the guys are. You know, you're like, you know, I remember playing like. I'm like, I don't like what's going on here. And then a couple of guys are like, man, you should just wait till like the real game starts and there's some hitting and stuff like this. And then there's, you know, so the, the skilled remember, kids aren't as skilled then. <laughs> right. But I remember like watching, like, man, there's a whole lot of skill over here. Like what's going on. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there, there is, there's some good, there's some, but just wait until like, just wait until there's a puck race and uh, they're going to start letting you have it. And I remember like in Bremen, Robin, I had a couple guys that would legit ask me because I fucking I practice hard too. You know, that's how you got, you know, you got to do it. Like not, you know, obviously respectful of like order this, but when there's time to battle, I'm going to battle. And uh, there'd be guys, older German guys would be like, Hey, uh, can you ease up? You think about maybe taking the option today? Like Lamps, you don't need to practice today. Like take the option today. Do that. You know, like legit scared to death you know? So it was, uh, you know, it was just a funny experience, like, but it was, but it's great. And yeah, I wanted to be in Mannheim when I, when I had the opportunity to, and, 
well, everybody I mean, wants to go there and I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I say nice things to people, Michelle. I'm proud of you for doing that. You, you made it to the, like the biggest team in Germany. And like, there's a lot of guys that go over there and like, that's like when I went over there, my goal was like to make it to the DL, but make a career of hockey in Europe. And when you see, I found it interesting. I played an exhibition game against say Dusseldorf when they were a big budget team. And we played, I think Mannheim and we, it was with Hellbron. It was right around when I hurt my knee, but we played those teams and I was on the ice with the players. And I'm like, shit, I fit in with these guys. Like I'm as good as some of these guys. And then when I realized that they were making like eight times the amount of money I was, I was like, huh. You know? I, I honestly, I honestly said, uh, and but that's the whole thing with anything like you're, if you think you don't fit in, then you don't fit in. Mm-hmm. If you think you belong, you got to feel like you, you belong. belong. Like, yeah, right. hundred percent. And that's the whole, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. I think with guys like, especially nowadays, how young kids, they feel like they belong. So well. Yeah. How some kids play so well because they're so cocky yeah. and this, <laughs> that they don't even give a shit, dude. They're like, I don't care. I'm not going to be hazed anymore. I'm not going to do this. Like this is, you know, think about like young kids and the way they're able to play and play like, you were if you didn't if you didn't dump a puck in at the blue line like your first three years you know what i mean and it's like if you yeah, didn't you get a deep at the there, blue line done. you would not yeah, play done. a shift you're done and now you played hockey can... that way and yeah. now these guys will turn it over you'll watch an nhl guy turn it over so bad they lose the game in overtime and the next game they play just as much yeah it, but it is wild like you go you know, you go to Bremerhaven and you're like playing with guys that like really have like a chip on their shoulder kind of and like D to start. And then all of a sudden, like you get into Mannheim and you're playing with Stanley Cup champions, and things like this. And it's just like a different mentality. You're like, all oh, right, yeah. I could I could get used to this. You're like I get used to this lifestyle, you know, like this is, uh, you know, but, but the hundred things like you got to remember, you know, I think where people go wrong is like they start trying to compare themselves to someone else and be like, this is the reason why you're here is because they like your game specifically, you know? So you got to yeah. play your game. Well, and it's, it's what you nailed it on the head though. If you don't feel like you belong, then you don't belong because it was like when I went to the AHL and I was like a small town kid from Elmira that never even thought he'd be close to the NHL. And then all of a sudden you're right there and you're like, look, I've seen that guy on TV. I've seen that guy on TV. Instead of being like, fuck, they asked you to be here, you know, play your game. <laughs> so so when you went to school, were you, because I saw like you dominated as a, like right away when you came into school, were you developed, did you go in as a 20 year old or a 21 year old or no, you just I, were developed, you were just were developed like, and that game just fit you. Um, I got, I was, I was ready to rock. I had, uh, I'd been junior B. I had, I had, I like, I still have the record for most goals. Um, I was just there. <laughs> it's hilarious. So my junior team, I played for my hometown, Elmira shirt Kings this last weekend, we went there on Sunday with the kids. Cause we, they, with them, they donated a Jersey to me. I raffled it off. We made 300 bucks for my buddy, Kyle rank and friends of hockey to help kids get into hockey and pay. Cause it's too expensive. So I go there, we donate the 300 bucks. We give the big check and then they post it on social media as Brian Walton instead of Brent. And um, I, I still have the record for most goals in a season and they didn't, they wrote my name wrong. So I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) So when you came in, you were just high confidence. 
I, I, I felt ready to get to college, but I was also very amped up to be there. I was excited to be there and I was happy and I was ready. And when I got there, I think th- my first month, like in preseason, the line they had me with was Pat Dwyer and Jeff Campbell, who were basically the last two rookies of the year in CCHA. And then there was okay. Basically- so that was the big, so that was a huge confidence boost. Like, right. They, they were saying like-, like, even in like their press releases, they would be like, you should watch out for this kid. And I was yeah, like, right. Okay. I was like, I, really? You, you think cause, so? <laughs> Cause I think when I first got to school, you know, like I just remember I deferred to the older guys. I think right when I got there, you know what I mean? Which is a mistake. You know, which it's, it's not, a mis- it's not a mistake, like doing, you know, but like when you're on the ice, you got to go out gotta, and take it, right? Right. You got to go out and take, and I, and I played hard. I did this, but you know, there were certain plays that just like, I wouldn't make, you know what I mean? And I think, uh, you know, you, you can defer to the guys in the lunch, like, you know, be a freshman, like seen, not heard. You know what I mean? And do all that, but then still fucking pump your chest when you're on the ice, you know? Well, and and my, think- my, my biggest thing in my career, I thought was speaking of that was if I was going to Western Michigan, if I was going to Germany and playing with Brandon Dietrich, who was my high school, like my, my idol growing up. Um, but like the guys I would play with that, I thought were like above me or better than me. If I was on their line with them, I would try and pass too much. I would try and pass it to them all the time instead of just being myself and playing my yeah, game. You defer. Yeah, if you I defer. didn't know the person, I could adjust to who they were and how they played hockey, and I would play my game. And uh, if it was someone that I looked up to or, like, when I got to the AHL, I thought I had to pass to them right away, which makes – yeah. Yeah, no, and, then that's how, and that's how I was in midget where it's funny you said because the guy I lived with, he like was on our, this guy, Austin Miller was on our team. He was like the stud defenseman there. And he was on our team for maybe the first 10 games. And I kind of always deferred to him. And then he all of a sudden went up to the Texas tornado to the junior team and he didn't come back. And then all of a sudden it was like, you're the guy. All right. I'm the guy. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. And all of a sudden, you know, it was just, different, and then you, you got to believe in yourself and you got to go do it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. No, but I, yeah. yeah. So actually, Speaking of college, that I guess we're there now. Are we in college now? Let's go sure. to college now. We're, we're going to run college. out of time here. Okay. Yeah. Colorado College. I think it's your freshman year because you played with Bruce. Trevor Freshman? Yeah. So yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a former shed guy. Is uh, he? Yeah. He was on the guy. Daytona Beach Bombers with me. So when he would get called up or I would get sent down, we were going for each other usually, but he was like my best buddy on the team. And it was because he could skate fast and penalty kill. And I did my thing. So we are totally different players, but we were best friends that year. And uh, yeah, it was interesting because we were the guys going up and down for each other. I, I loved Frisch. And Ugh. I think that was at least at Colorado college. That was the last year, like their senior class, was the last year that they actually had like 25 and 26 year old seniors, you know, and now all of a sudden, so like that, that was the last class that I felt like when I came into school that I played with men, you know, like at college. And then all of a sudden they started going young and started doing this. And And is there not kids that are ready at different ages? Like what, what, where, what happened to these kids that are two years later that all of a sudden get bigger, stronger, faster. I mean, you look at it this year. I mean, you look at the way Mankato's can beat Michigan in, you know, in college hockey, like all these first round, all these, this because they're just developed. They're men. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? They're men playing against boys. I don't care how good you are. Like when you're 24, 25 and you're playing hockey, like it doesn't matter what your skill of this is just, there's things that, you know, and there's, and there's a uh, heaviness that you play. And, uh, but and that's what just wins. Being, yeah. But just being around campus. though, it was nice. Uh, it was nice seeing those guys because they had an unbelievable, I, had, I was lucky I had an unbelievable senior class. They kind of looked at me uh, when I came in because I was, you know, I'm a punk rock kid, skateboarder. Like I, I hung out with everyone at the school and I think it kind of opened their eyes. Like, have we maybe been doing this college thing a little bit wrong? Like sticking in our own bubble too much and not getting out and just fucking more the merrier. And, right. uh, and I think, you know, that's the one thing I feel really good about that. Like all the stuff that they taught me, I was able to kind of give them a little bit of, you know, Hey, like, don't get too comfortable over here at the hockey house. Like get fucking weird, go out and meet, you know, go. random, like happy accidents. You know what I mean? Go, go fuck with some people around, you know, like go meet everybody. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. You're right. It's like the shed and more the merrier. It's like, uh, it's yeah. Hockey fans, everybody, you know, you just talk to everybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so your senior class, I'm pretty sure that in your freshman years are right around the time I'm up. Uh, I'm scoring quite a few points. I think I was fourth in the NCAA and two of your teammates would have been ahead of me. And one of them won the Hobie Two little, two little punks like me, Marty Sertich and Sterling, two little punks that were so different on the ice. And they were like Sertich Surti was unbelievable just made everyone else better perimeter um, player though compared per, to yeah compared yeah, to sterling everyone else that guy never, went yeah. to the net like a maniac thing, and he was tiny I, that's the whole thing is i never seen a guy want to score more than sterles yeah. and uh he went to the net went to the hard areas but then also had he was the first guy i think i played with that like could score on like a snapshot from the blue line you know and just those right just that straight shot like you try to shoot those pucks they end up like five feet over the net and these things were just lasers um snapshots and and but he just went to the net so hard and was just such a rat uh, in front of the net and just a guy that just wanted to score so bad How and, and you can player, tell though. i mean yeah. you put up 56 as a rookie in the american league you know like <laughs> back when back i think this was this was obviously maybe right after or right before the for, or you know the early lockout right was that what he was playing with Krog and Haydar or something? he was he was yeah yep. that's yep. a that's a good nice way to start pro <laughs> 56 that's pretty impressive yeah oh yeah I played roller hockey against him that's how I do him I was a big okay. roller hockey enthusiast okay so that's so where he. that's where so that's where the hands come from then huh yeah, roller hockey really does help. I found it was, it was, you, you think of the game differently. You open up different two on ones and yeah, uh, I'm going to get my kid into it here soon here. Um, he's getting into her this summer. So yeah, roller hockey's awesome, but yeah, Sterling, that guy could score goals, man. Roller ice. Yeah. Hell of a player. Then Sertich, the two of them together, quite the combo, but uh I did my best to keep up with them that year. Didn't work out. <laughs> um, so other guys that were there in Colorado College. So you don't know who Kanzi or Elfring are. That oh, are. yeah, of course I do. Those were guys on my visits. Those oh, were really so oh yeah. When I so when I went on my visits, I was you know a 16 year old guy. You know, Kanzi was only a sophomore, maybe when I'm taking what my a visits, beauty you know? Kanzi is. So and Kanzi's best friend is our GM here in uh in uh Straubing here is Jason Dunham. So so Kanzi, Stewie, uh, Mark Stewart, 
right? Like all these guys, like unbelievable guys. And uh, we're guys that like, you know, Kanzi, right from the, he would always come back in the summer or come back for like a weekend. And we always gravitate toward each other because we just, our social calendars lined up, you know? So we, uh, we he, always had a great and time. Him really and, have a great yeah. time together. Yeah. yeah. And Kanzi, I, you know, I, he's now playing like, he, he, he said now he's not because the kids are playing and he's a little bit banged up, but he was uh, playing for like a Colorado team and he would go to Sun Valley and play in the men's league, uh, <laughs> you know, cause he was living in Vail there. So, um, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, we had a great time when he came to the shed. Uh, yep. <laughs> funny story about Mark Stewart. I've only met him once, but like, you know, when you talk around, you know, you got the same friends as like Frischman and Kanzi. I went to Dennis Weidman's wedding and Mark Stewart was there and I hadn't met him. But I did wake up in his room, fully clothed, and he was naked in the bed beside me. We Sounds had a great like time. Stewie. Sounds like Stewie. What a great, what a great guy. Yeah, great we had guy. great time. Great time. Um, okay, and then the other guy I saw research team found was Mike Testweed because I found it interesting because I tried to go to the Asian League, and he was one of those guys that got the South Korean passports. And there were a bunch of guys making a ton of money in Asia with their passports. And they were like, they were white boys, man. He made a ton. Yeah. Six, like a six, four white boy. Doesn't even care. But yeah, Brock like, Rudunsky. So, I played triple a spring hockey with him growing up. Brock Rudunsky yeah. was six, four right, playing for South Korea. Well, a redhead Regan, you know, there that's like playing for South Korea and he, but he, yeah, Weeder had an unbelievable career over there. Um, I think he's fluent in uh, in Korean. Um, really? He, he went. I think so. He, you know, he went to uh, he went to the Olympics. That's that's the whole play. Like he played the long game. He was over there, had a great career. Like they they said, hey, we're gonna host the Olympics here. If you stay, you'll be a part of it. Ended up going to the Olympics. I think right after the Olympics, he retired um, and called it a career. And now he's back in Vail, where his his family like he's he a Vail guy too. He, he's a veil guy and not only is he a veil guy i think his parents are like a founding member of veil so he's like a real veil guy really like a veil guy you'd want it like you'd want to be adopted <laughs> into his family yeah well he did just fine for himself as well yeah yeah the- <laughs> exactly exactly okay anyways moving on then so you're four years at colorado college what like what else what do you got for the hockey side of things because um i got your pro options you went to vegas your senior year so uh, but it seemed like you didn't play that much in college or were you hurt a bit or what? what yeah, all? I missed a full year. I missed a full year. I was actually suspended from school for a full year. So January to January. So I actually like, you know, that's a story for another day. I thought, okay. So okay. that's a story for another day. So like when I was actually playing my best hockey, I was actually suspended from school for a full year. And not only did they suspend me for a full year, they suspended me for the full calendar year. So like we were, we were like uh, backloaded that first year. So I only played, you know, whatever, maybe 15 games. As at a one freshman, year. Then, yeah. Right. No, as a, as a soft, as a, maybe it was junior. No, it was my junior. No. So, so freshman year, I, I just split 20 games. Like the other freshman demon played uh, Saturday or Friday nights. And I played Saturday nights. That's just how it was. Didn't matter how we played. Really? Dave Gannon played Fridays. I played Saturdays. I find and, that uh, stupid. And it is stupid. And coach, coach, but I was like, hey, why is it always this way? And he's like, do you think I'd ever let you play on a Friday night and give you the fucking weekend off? He's like, no chance. 
He's like, with your social calendar. So I always came. So I always played Saturdays. Uh, we split. He played 20. I played 20. It was like, we, or maybe he played 16. I played 20. Like, we split. You would think it would be uh, about how good you're playing, but that's yeah, just Yeah, you would think it didn't matter. It literally didn't matter, you know? And, and, and we didn't have any guys, like, no guys, no injuries, no nothing. So it literally stayed like that the whole year. And then uh, I actually played, uh, yep, uh, had a great, had a good sophomore year, play that way. And then I was having a good junior year and um, literally get suspended at Christmas. I'm suspended till the next Christmas. So like, and we so you back. missed the whole end of the season and the start of the next season. So I, and yeah, then you jump into it mid season yeah, senior year. But I, yeah. But I basically, I got, I'm basically, it was like, it was three quarter. We basically only played like a quarter of our games, you know, that junior, you know, in the, in the front half and then we're back loaded. And then basically it was the other way around the next year. So like we were front loaded and then we had no games on the back end. So it's like, I basically, yeah. But whatever, came back, jumped in, and, you know, hey, there it was. Uh, well, what'd you take at school? History. What do you do with that? Fucking nothing. You know, yeah. No. Okay. I wasn't there. I was. I didn't care what I got. Not, I was there not the- one hockey player goes to NCAA hockey for the school. Well, and, and every guy, too. Like, every guy was an economics major, you know? And I was like, I'm not a numbers guy. Like, I'm it's like... I'm like Kansy's got his uh his uh business now <laughs> yeah yeah but i'm like just give me the paper i don't care my parents i was like the only reason why i was here is because like my dad was like fuck go to college he's yeah. like you ain't playing in the nhl go to college makes sense that's what my parents said too <laughs> yeah yeah uh and then we did so um your pro options then the end of your senior year then you've only played half a season and so you do get three games with uh las vegas you go yes yeah, so I, yeah so i wasn't i wasn't gonna i, wasn't I, got, I gonna forgot to forget through. though colorado springs is a fantastic place well i went there Great to play place. colorado college and i was like holy shit if they would have brought me here on a recruiting trip look at this place there's mountains the arena's beautiful the only thing was i was too fat for like the altitude no it was an unbelievable place it was a great place but again like the actual college itself it's like a glorified prep school. You know what I mean? It's like not much people stick it. in their own bubble. It's like, they're not even living in the real world. You know, it's like, it's like four more years of mommy's money and you know, daddy's money. It's like no one ever got out into the town, you know, and actually met people from Colorado Springs. Um, you know, yeah. I liked it. Like I said, I liked it, but I would have liked it anywhere. I'm a, I mean, I like it everywhere. So, um, but you a good attitude. You know, I like, yeah, I like your attitude. You know. Okay. Go. Okay. Las Vegas. So I wasn't, so Three I wasn't games. Gonna, I, so it was the first year, uh, like spring, spring that, uh, cause I didn't have an agent or anything like that. That was my biggest regret in hockey is that when I was in North America, I did not have an agent. I always thought agents come up and grab you and do this. So when I was playing North America, I didn't have an agent. So after school, I was like, I'm not playing. I know I called, I basically called Boise myself and I was like, Hey, and they're like, Hey, will you come here next year and be the first Idaho player to ever play in Boise? I was like, yeah, for sure. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm that I'm not going to leave and go play anywhere after school because I'm going to just go on a two month bender, enjoy senior year. You know, like, why would I leave to go to the East coast league and do this? Like I'm going to enjoy, you know, I, I'm going to go, I got a place to play next year. Anyway, I'm not going to leave. And then, uh, and then uh, Vegas got in like a uh, Brandon Straub was there and I played with him at college. He was their tough, tough guy in Vegas. And they just got in a huge, like huge scrap, you know, bench clear with alaska 
Um, and they had a few players suspended and they were playing Alaska then like the next, and they had to bring in. So, so he's like, Hey Lamps, we just come in for the weekend. And this was like, this was like, you know, maybe six, seven weeks after my season ended. He's like, Hey, we just come in for the, uh, for the weekend. Like we really need you, uh, you know, like, you know, we're playing a tough team. We just had some bad shit with them. We got guys to spend like, all right, I'll come in there. I probably weighed like 145 pounds when I went in there. You know, it's like on just a full blown two month bender at school. Did you say 145 pounds? 145. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Skinny. Yeah. Skinny. Skin and bones. It was fine. Doesn't change away anything, but like it, it, that's probably what I weighed like going in there. Like, cause that's how much fun I was having. Like at the, you know, <laughs> and it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah, you go there and play the three games. So that happens. Then, so then the next year you do play. So for then I just whole- so, so Glenn Gullitson was our coach. I was like, Hey, I'll come in play as long as you release me and you don't keep me on the roster because I already made a commitment to Laxdahl in Idaho that I'm right. going to go in there and do that. And so, yeah, so it was great. So I went in to Vegas, played, for the weekend it was nice like confirmed myself that like all right i'm good enough i to can play, play in the coast yeah. and, and and that's like and that's like being so out of shape being so small whatever and still like could play exactly the same way even against men and do all that so that was like a that was a nice jump you know yeah well it's good you get the exposure like i went to the ahl out of college man and i i was not even close to ready for it i did not know yeah. how big strong they were going to be yeah. in the hl and then everybody was still fighting and i was like holy moly yeah. that was an eye opener um okay yeah. your video just disappeared by the way anyways right. moving on um your rookie year though you do play for the idaho steelheads and we lost to them in the finals a couple of years earlier i talked about but what a spot to play hockey and you're from idaho yeah, it was amazing. It was unbelievable. It was, uh, it, it was, yeah, that was a dream actually, you know, because I'd always left Idaho every year, you know, to go play and then to be able to come back and live full time and then have all the transplants from Sun Valley that moved to Boise or gone to school there and stayed there or gotten other jobs and stayed there. It was, uh, you know, shit. Like we had guys living there, you know, we had guys there like four or five, six years and immediately, I'm in the dressing room and they're, they're like, Hey, what's going on tonight? What are we doing tonight? What do we do this tonight? So it was just like, it, you it, knew, you it knew was, people, it was a, you were at it was a way, yeah. it was a way as like a rookie that I really, uh, it helped me fit in a lot because, you know, like I said, I was the, uh, I was the social planner, you know, I, I do know what you mean. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, um, you guys and we pretty- lost in the finals that year. So we had a great year. We had a great, yeah, I think we had 50 wins. We lost in the finals that year. So who'd you lose to? Cincinnati. With Barrett Agates? Uh yeah. D- uh Darnay. Uh yeah, yeah. Jeremy Smith. Like they they had two goalies that actually split the uh that split the uh uh whatever MVP Play- playoffs. They they literally just went every it was the first time I've ever seen this goalies, just every other game. Just I, I remember that team. I have, yeah, Agates is my buddy. And then DeHarnay had his what his season there and then got out of the coast. Yeah. The hell of a squad. Okay. So that's who you lost to. And, and uh, Texas and Texas was in the Texas was in the Calder cup final that year to her, against Hershey. So we literally had no, 
it wasn't like we were loaded up. It was just our coast team going all the way to the final. And that's what people wouldn't understand about the coast and the HL is when the HL team gets put out, there'll be guys so trickle Milwaukee, down, so right? Milwaukee, so like Darnay, Van Gilder, all these guys straight from Milwaukee, right to Cincinnati for their playoff run. And we, not only that, we didn't have our goalie. They took our goalie. So like Richard Bachman, who was our goalie all year, is backing up in Texas for their fucking playoff run. And instead we, of we playing for you guys. And, yeah. And we went all the way through and, you know, lost in the finals. And it was, you know, it was like our team was great, actually. Um, you had a couple guys I wrote down here. Mark Derlago played against him in Denmark. Unbelievable. Great unbelievable net front guy, eh? Oh, man. He, he's, he is the, he's maybe the best East Coast player I've ever played with. Like, can't skate for shit. And right. never, and, and probably didn't score until like his 15th game of the year because he came in so out of shape. And then all of a sudden we <laughs> finished with like 90 points. So think about that pace, like after, after like probably getting in shape for the first two months. Well, it's, it's interesting, right? When you're in Europe and you see some of the numbers guys are putting up and you see Durlago and you're like, he's putting up 50 goals or something in the coast. And then he comes over and you're like, well, if I had video on him, I knew he's a net front guy on the power play. He's around the net. He's scoring goals around the net, right? Like he's not, he's not a speedster like in Europe sometimes what you need, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and uh, yeah, in Europe, like, especially well, I felt obviously that it was tougher to play. My one year in the second league was harder to play in than it was DL, the DL because I'm not a one-on-one -on -one player. You know what I mean? And a lot of times, like in those other leagues that those guys that can really play one-on-one -on -one, cutbacks, this, like really beat like three guys at once. Like those are the guys that put up huge numbers. And, uh, and I felt like it was just, you know, when I got to DL, it was more a team North game. American style in terms of like, you moved without the puck and, you know, every, a guy's always open, you know, and yeah. uh, because you're playing a system and everything like that, you know? I do know. That's why yeah. I, I was a second yeah. leaguer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dominating probably. probably dominating. No, that was just my game. There was a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff and that sort of thing. Yeah. But anywho, it was a little honey hole there for a bit. Okay. So then you do your two years in Idaho and um, you do get an AHL game with Abbotsford though. So you're not just the local hometown discount guy with Idaho. You're getting an AHL game your second year. Yeah, and it was no agent, no agent, no, no agent. You didn't and have an agent was, all the way through. Shut all, up. No, the only year I had an agent, I was I got an agent one time, and I was in the American League the whole year. Then I got back surgery, and the one agent I had just who got me to St. John's, the only time I ever had an agent, I couldn't get a hold of this fucking guy afterward. So then I didn't have an agent, and then like I said, the one agent called me and said, "Hey, come to Europe." I didn't have an agent my whole North American career. And my dad, every single time we were on the phone, he's like, you call an agent yet? You call an agent? I'm like, dad, I think they call you. I think they call you. Well, you I know? think that is how it works, but they never called me either. I never had an agent until it was my junior year of college. And I was up for like the whole, I, I got 50 points at college that year. And then the coach at Western Michigan like convinced me to not like take one until the end of the year. And like, I should think about it. I'm like, what is there to think about? Like, that's obviously the guy. 
Um, but you don't That's get one, and then nobody's making calls for you. If nobody makes calls for you, nobody called anybody. I got call-ups strictly based on teams finally calling the coach and being like, can we have this guy? <laughs> that was it. That was it. Because I didn't have an agent my whole year. And I said, and it was crazy because all of a sudden, and, and we'll get to it. When we get to St. John's. I mean, I have a wild story for you that just like, you know, if we want to talk about confidence and like the difference between making it, not making it, but you know, so yeah, I'm in Idaho two time, right? No agent, get a call up from a team call and be like, Hey, can we take this guy for the week or whatever? And then I just, we had just a shit show of a coach in Idaho. And I was like, man, I got to get out of here. So I asked for a trade um, and uh, end up going to Utah. That's where I was with Maxi. Maxi, yeah. And the moose. Yeah, and yeah, and loved it there. Um, but before the season started, basically, uh, or right when the season started, uh, they had a trade. You know, in the, in the coast, they'll do like a trade. They'll be like, hey, uh, you know, we get this guy. But then at the end of the season, you can like pick from um like our players you know to like basically complete the trade a year later you know like at the end of the year yeah oh yeah so so a player to be named later exactly so we got a guy like Derek martin from uh we got a guy Derek martin um and he played i played with him the whole season in utah that's why i played with lavecchio so Mm -hmm. played with him the whole season played with him there and then all of a sudden the season was over he's like hey lamps like we have to complete this trade like Toledo really wants you. Will you go? I'm like, yeah, it's a good spot. Like, I'm like, because the coach wasn't going to be back next year. So I was like, oh, coach isn't going to be back. Like, I'll, I'll, yeah, or whatever. Like, I was something like that. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Sure. Um, and uh, I was like, is it? And he's like, and I called the uh, Nick Petucci. He was the coach at the time. He calls me, he says, hey, Lamps, like, you played in this league now. You know, uh, we want you, but we only want guys that want to come here. Like, do you want to come here? I said, why wouldn't I want to come here? I'm like, you guys have a nice rink? He said, oh, yeah, we have one of the nicest rink in the league. I'm like, oh, not, perfect. All right, I'll, I was like, not, I'll come. Not the one like, I played in. No, right. So they have a brand new rink. It's unbelievable, right? Wasn't, yeah. wasn't the old, right? Wasn't the old uh, across no. the river, right? Oh, was it, it right? Yeah. Yeah, so it was something. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll come. And apparently Toledo, because I we had never done the crossover when I was playing in the coast until playoffs. So I'd never played in Toledo, never done any of this. And apparently Toledo was like pretty bad at the time, like ever since the new franchise came back as the walleye. So they weren't very good. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll go. So fucking went to Toledo, best minor city I've played in. Unbelievable, unbelievable, little bit greasy, but unbelievable rink, just like a minor hockey city, like where you want to be and unbelievable marketing team. Loved it. Like, we had, again, we won like the Brabham cup, like regular season cup, like end up losing out in the playoff then. And then, so then after that, um, I get a, I finally, an agent calls me. He says, Hey, do you want to go to St. John's training camp? And I said, he said, they actually wanted you last year, but, uh, you know, they, your coach said that you were going to go to, um, uh, Grand Rapids when, uh, when St. John's called for you, he said, and it's cause I ended up going to Grand Rapids. I was there for like, maybe a week or week and a half, but I only played one game. I ended up getting like scratched the other yeah. games. Like, and I said, well, yeah, what do you mean? St. John's call? He's like, yeah, they wanted you to go up and finish the season last year, but you, uh, but you, you went to Grand Rapids for a week. To Grand Rapids instead. So we took another guy. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, and he's like, they want you to come to camp. If you sign with me, I'll get you to camp here. 
I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, sure. I don't have an agent. So I'll go up there. Well, I go up there and I wear number 32. It's like a, you know, obscure. I, I, I wore two in Idaho, but then also I get to Utah and two is retired. So I'm wearing 32 my whole pro career after that. And I look in the stall and it's like Lample 32 up there. And I'm like, oh shit, like maybe they do want me, you know, like they did their research. They got my number. Let's go. So like <laughs> I have, so I have like a good camp and the, the equipment manager, Ethan uh, Coxie's like, Hey, I got good news and bad news. Lance. like, what's up? I'm like, I'm like, what's the good news? The good news is I ordered you skates. I'm like, no shit. Like I made the team. He's like, yeah. And he's like, that doesn't happen that often. Like, what's the bad news? He's like, Hey, bad news is like, I'm going to keep you with 32. And I was like, bad news. I was like, why is that bad news? Like you want to wear 32. I'm like, that's my number. Like you didn't research. He's like, Holy shit. That's your number. And (laughs) it was a complete accident. And like, but it got you the juice. It got you the confidence to get there. I walked in there and I was like, man, these guys want me. I got number 32 in there. Like, man, walking around, like I'm on the team already. Like I'm fucking, you know, like, and then you played like it. And then you made the team. I played like it and I stayed there the whole year. And, uh, and basically, but basically only killed penalties like the whole year, you know, it's like, I don't even know how many five on five shifts I took, you know, it's like, it was like, I would sit on the bench the whole third period. And then all of a sudden they'd pull the goalie and they'd be like, to tie it up. They'd be like, Hey, Lamps, let's go. You know? I'm like, what? I'm like I'm, I'm, you don't trust me to play like the first 18 minutes, but then the last two minutes of the game, like I'm on the ice taking the face off. Cause, cause they know you'll do anything for the team to help win. But, but that was the, and and then, so then I'm like grinding through the whole year. And I think I thought I had like a blood clot, like my calf, you know, like, why is my lower leg just numb every day to start practice? It hurts so bad, like behind my knee. And finally, uh, basically we played, we lost in the Calder cup final that year too. Oh, so we're playing all the, so we play all the way to like June 21st. We play after the NHL. And, uh, yeah finally like the back or something like happens where you know i can't control my bowels you know so they're like oh shit like it's your back like it's not your leg it's your back so i get mri back so as soon as the seat i'm like but i'll grind it out as soon as scene's over i have back surgery i never this agent that got me here like literally i talked to him like one time he's like hey i got you here all right great and then i tried calling like once i i called him was like hey i'm gonna have surgery and then that was the last time he answered the phone and then that was it. That was the only agent I had in North America. I was like, literally one time there, done. Really? And then I make a call back to Toledo. And I'm like, hey, uh, I just had back surgery. I'll probably be ready like November 1st. And they're like, oh, yeah, you better come back. Let's go. I'm like, okay. And then that was it. Uh, I Agents were weird back in the day. I feel like nowadays when everybody's more open and people can find out more about agents, they're, they're a lot better than what they used to be. But yeah, I had, I had my tough goes with them too. Like I said, I never had one until I got like a big time one. And then when I ended up in the, with the Daytona beach bombers, I don't think he really gave a shit about me anymore or cared anymore because he had big time players and I'm in Daytona beach. And then when I said I should go to Germany, he's like, I disagree. You should play one more year in North America. And I'm like, to go to Pensacola and play in the coast and make like, and then like, he's like, well, it was like, he just wanted to get rid of me. Cause I wasn't, you know, and I was like, well, yeah. I think I should go. And he's like, I don't think you should. And he's like, this is one of those times. And then we never talked again. Right. And it's like, okay. Yeah. It was, it was literally the only time I talked to this guy I was like, Hey, go to training camp. And I, 
And he's like, okay. So I dropped all my stuff off in Toledo, go there. And then literally didn't hear another word from him until like, I finally was like, man, I tried calling you for like three months. Like I'm going to have surgery on my back. And, and, but the team was so good up there that they're like lamps. Like I know we can't. So at first I was on like on PTO and then, so I basically was on two PTOs up there. They can only go 25 games and you can only sign two of them, but they said, Hey, we know you have a kid at the time. They said, Hey, soon as we have a place, we'll get you in a place. We'll fly your family up here, but we'll keep you on a PTO for the 50 games just so we can still pay for your housing. But we promise like we won't release or won't do anything. So the St. John's franchise was great. Like they kept their word. They That's were awesome. unbelievable to the wives and girlfriends. So nothing but respect, like for the way they ran the franchise. You know? Well, I think awesome. it's really cool. You Like you're five years into pro and you finally get a full AHL season, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's grinding it out, man. Yeah, it was grinding. Okay. We better keep going though. Cause we got to get back yeah. to yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently we, we get along and we can chat. Um, yeah. So after that year at the AHL season, you go back to Toledo and you guys were awesome then. And uh, you have that FERC guy that can shoot the puck really hard, it looks like. And Shane Birchback, former sure. Bronco. You know what? Like, we, every time this guy shoot the puck, we just laugh. And he'd fucking laugh, too. Like, he'd take one time after practice and just be like, ah, ah, ah. Like, he had this that check, Ferk? funny-ass laugh. Ferk, Ferk. And he just caught the FERC bomb, dude. He'd be like, just all the fan, like. He, he 70 flex stick and would just wire it. But I would try to tell this guy, cause at the time he was pretty fast too. And I'm like, man, you have a weapon. Quit skating the puck through the neutral zone. Get open. Guys will find you. If you don't turn the puck over, you play in the NHL for the next 10 years. You know, like you're trying to explain this to a guy. I'm like, you're Brett Hall. Go watch clips of Brett Hall. You know what I mean? But, but he also had the skill to scare to carry it through, and then he's the passer because exactly. once you carry it through, you're the passer. Exactly. You know, you're like you just you figure out a way to just get open, right? Like you have a weapon, you have this, like minimize your time with the puck and you know, maximize your way to get shots off, you know, like. So, and he figured it out. You know what I mean? Like he went, never really stuck, stuck, but like he had a couple full seasons in the NHL, you know? Yeah. So he, so like figured it out more than most and especially then, but you just like, when you have an absolute just weapon of a shot, that's ridiculous. Like, you know what, you find a way to put yourselves in positions that help you and minimize positions that hurt you, you know? So you got to know what you're. Your strengths. what your strengths are and you, yeah. and you do them better than anyone else you know? and if you, you got something that's world class you got to yeah. use that yeah right? and shane and bursh i think was a rookie at the time and you know he would or maybe it was his second year in the league because he played maybe the year before and they didn't have a lot of success in toledo the year before but um he was he's a world-class east coast hockey league player too like he he would have had an unbelievable career in europe i tried to get him come over to get his passport in bramerhaven um he refused to do so you know, ended up being, uh, which is great for Toledo because, you know, he played there. He could have got his German there. pass. Birchbach, you kidding me? Bremerhaven, yeah. man, you, man, you bet. Oh, you you get with a German, you, man, if you got with a German girl like 10 years ago on a, you know, on a, on a, 
a random Wednesday night, you could have got your German pass. Yeah, well, <laughs> that guy can play by the looks of things. But so speaking to you, though, that last year in the coast, you had you were plus 29 and at 30 points and you played in 21 playoff games. So you lost in the finals. Lost. Yeah. To who? Uh, who we lose? No, no, sorry. We played 21 playoff games. We lost in the conference finals of game. You played seven. three we played best three of seven. Seven. Three no. best of sevens. Yes. And we were down 3-0 in that conference final and came all the way back. And then to lost, lose the like, game one, seven. <laughs> one nothing at home in like double overtime. Oh, yuck. That's so, brutal. I think it was to South Carolina. I think it was to South Carolina. Then they lost to Allen, I think, in the uh, in the final. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a, Trevor it was a Hendricks, probably that punk. Okay. Yeah. So then the decision to go to Germany is then you got your your bad back. Uh, you lost control of the bowels. I've done it too. Um, done it. No, to I no, I actually felt healthy. No, I was healthy. No, so I was healthy then that year. So because it was after my American League year, I got healthy. Oh, it's the American League that yeah, yeah then you American ran a muck in the coast yeah. your last yeah. year. That's yeah. right. Felt healthy, felt healthy, felt this, but I was getting ready to hang them up, you know, because I was like, I, I don't know. There's nowhere you know, else to go having, unless you go to well, Europe. After having years like this, and you know what, like I had my kind of you know, I'm, I'm I think I was 29, you know, it's like I'm 29. You know, what am I gonna do? And I got and I got a second kid on the way, you know, it's like it's shit or get off the pot, like it's time to make a move. You know, so I was, uh, and I got a call from Zabs and was like, Hey, let's, you, you know, you're doing this yeah. already in the summertime. And Bremerhaven reaches out to you. Yep. So they reach out to me and they said, surprise said, David Amonti wasn't already on this. Cause he would have been one of those guys. No, that- no. So that's, they reached out to me and then he reached out to me and became my agent. Right. There you go. Yeah. Cause he's a shed guy. And he gives her, yeah. he works hard. No, he does. And, and I feel, feel bad because David was my agent going over here. Okay. I light. I, so I was a little pissed at David first off, because at first I get to Bramerhoven and I love it. David's great. Fucking awesome guy. This, but I asked him before I signed a two-year deal, he got me a pass with it. Right. And I go, Hey, I go, are is Bramerhaven because it was after my first year, basically, I was then going to re-up for another year. So I had two more years instead of just one, you know? And I was like, So hey, you're an import you? the first year in Bremerhaven. No, 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 no. You no, have your German pass in the second one? Oh, yeah, signed a thing, signed a thing and done. All I had to do was stay in Bremerhaven though. Like on your, you have to sign a two year to be there. So you can't leave, but you got, you know, but you get your pass. So, but I go, David, um, I said, Hey, our, uh, you know, are, um, is Bramerhaven trying to go up to the first league? And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, they are, but they're not going to go up. So I sign an extension basically. Cause I'm like, all right, you know what? I'll give it one more year chilling over here. Not really, you know, like we'll play the second league, not really take huge toll on the body, you know, year to chill. I'll sign good money for the second league, you know, but terrible money for the first league if you're playing in there, but it's like, we're not going to the first. So then he's like, no, no, we're not going to, they're not going to the, to the first league. Well, I signed the contract and a week later, well, guess what? Bramerhaven's in the fucking first league now. And because Hamburg folded and they knew that. And I'm like, so is my contract void or anything? No, no, no. Your contract's not void. You got to play it out. You got to do whatever, you know? 
So, so I'm your like, second league contract went up to the first league. Yes, it it was just it was a contract for any league. Didn't matter. So, so then you got upset that you had that instead of making more going up to the first. League. Yeah, because I would because I would have just had one year playing in the DEL and then been a, so I would have been a free agent that because you know how it works in Europe. You can sign extensions any you can sign with other teams. You can anytime. sign anytime. It's it is dirty, so like, dirty, oh, dirty perfect. stuff. So I was like, yeah. perfect. Like I would have had this one year playing in the DL, showing off for every team, and then I would have been free. But no, I had to come back. So anyway, I lead the league in points by a German defenseman in that that first year. In the in DL. The in the DL. In the, the DEL, folks. The DEL. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then you and couldn't then I, sign a new deal. No, I st- well, I could have, but it would have been for another, you know, a year later. So basically in the summertime, David, who is unbelievable, he was great. And, uh, but he just, you know, he, I felt at the time, I felt the way that, that worked, played out. Well, not even that, but I just felt like he worked too much for Bremerhaven and, and not for me necessarily as much, you know? So, and, and, I had worked my whole life and I basically been on an internship and I was like, I had one contract to hit it, you know, and you and, hit it. And, and I needed like an, ex- I, I just like David at the time didn't have any guys in the spots. So I felt that he didn't know what the market was because he only had the guys in the Bramerhovens, the Crayfelds, the Ezer loans, you know, and I needed to know what the markets were in the Berlins, the Munichs, the Mannheims, because that's the only way that you're going to, by knowing there's no uh, cap geek or no disclosure of anything is the only way, you know, what guys are making is by having your agent sign those deals already. Yes. You know, so, so I ended up like having to part ways with him basically right before this. And it was the hardest because he was the nicest, best guy, always, you know what, anything that, you know what, from all the eight things I heard about agents before, he didn't fit that mold. Like he was great. You know what? And, great. and that's what my, my history through agents and everything I went through was he's the guy I wish I would have had grinded out for me because I exactly. felt like exactly. there weren't guys grinding it out for me. There weren't guys making the calls for me and, and, and I wish changed, I would have had him. And he changed our, he changed my life. You know what I mean? Like, my kids are, are living in Germany right now as German and yeah. are speaking two languages, like realistically because of David Imonti and Alfred Pry, you know, the, you know, so, so he changed my life and it, 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 it was sad because he was kind of up and coming in the thing. And at the time, like I had a big year and it was like, I was kind of like one of the bigger horses, if not like the biggest horse in the stable at the time. And I just, I couldn't gamble on whatever so i moved on and yeah. literally within two weeks i had this Mannheim deal in fucking november 1st and it was like oh this is what i'm playing for you know exactly and that's why everybody wants to go to- and so you had that november 1st and then you play for bremerhoff and that whole next year and you got the confidence you're feeling good you know where you're going you're happy and you put up another 30 points no, I, I, think I, put 20. Up, I think yeah i may put up 20 points but it was, um, it was definitely, I was in different role. Like that first year, I think too, like I got to play, uh, um, I just remember the second year, I remember just like 
yeah, you know, I just played a little bit more defensive, a little bit more of this. I was kind of settling in to maybe like the role I was going to be playing a little bit more. And we had a little bit more offensive. It was our second year in the league. So we brought in a couple better imports, you know, like, so I didn't have to overreach as much, you know what I mean? Or be relied upon to be like scoring as much because we were able to bring in Chris Newberry. We were able to bring in, you know, like guys that could like guys that were like, and then when you, when you see like you're there with Bremerhoff in the second league, and then you see them go to the first league and you see how different, it becomes right. And the people yeah. they're bringing in. Yeah. 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 So it was nice. Like they're, like I said, you're, you're next year in the league, you're able to bring in different guys and you just, you don't have to, like I said, you, you can kind of play more your style, more this or whatever is asked upon. So like, that's what, what that's what happened, you know? All right. And then you get to Mannheim and you have those years and you, so, yeah. So, so the other thing with Mannheim that was wild was that I signed a contract and the net. So I was talking to Mannheim and then all of a sudden the, the coach gets fired. Okay. So coach got fired in like, you know, maybe late October. And uh, I'm like, Oh shit. Like, does this change? Like maybe was it the coach that wanted me? Was GM wanted me? And all of a sudden GM's like, Nope, this doesn't change anything. We want you signed. So I'm like, okay, you're safe. Oh yeah. I'm safe. I literally signed the contract the next morning. I wake up new thing. GM was fired. I'm like, oh shit, call my agent right away. I'm like, was the ink dry? Like, was it in? Is it con? I'm like, he's like, hold on, let me check. Let me check with the, you know, man. Yeah, contract's good. Contract's good. So at the time, I'm going through this whole time. I don't know who the coach is going to be. I don't know who the GM's going to be. I literally got signed by the GM and how they let, like, the owner, it must have been the owner wanted me because they still let him sign this contract knowing the next day he was going to get gassed, you know? Really? Yeah. And they yeah, would have known. Right. Yeah. Right. They're letting right. him sign so, the deal and then he's getting gas the next day. But what's interesting then is your first year there, you guys win the championship. So we win the championship, but I, but I grinded that first year to like find my place there because I wasn't brought in by anybody that was in the organization. So oh, and that changes the, everything. So I was on the outside looking in. It was basically like I was part of the old guard, even though I never even played a game there. Right. You know? Oh and, yeah. Uh, so then, so then I'm like grinding the whole year and uh, I get, um, I finally, finally like work. I was like, uh, you know, I was like a scratch for maybe like six straight weeks in November, you know? And I'm like, man, like the money is like awesome, but I don't know. This is fucking tough. Like I'm kind of like a shell of myself right now because you know, when, you, when you're that. a hockey player and you play hockey and that's what you do and that's what you try to be good at when you're not playing and you're not part of it, it didn't matter how much money I was making. Cause it was like, man, I'm like, doesn't confidence, matter. Is so, confidence is so low right now. Like just, just making a pass feels hard in practice and, yeah. and like eyeballs, you feel like every eyeballs on you because if you're not perfect in practice, like how the hell are you going to play in a game? You know, yeah. like oh, yeah. the team and our team was so good. We just, we didn't stop winning. Right. So then, but then all of a sudden, like something happens or whatever. And then I'm in the lineup for, and then once I'm in the lineup, like don't let go of it. Last game of the season, uh, I dislocate my shoulder Uh fucking against. So I'm like, Oh my God, our team is so good. I just grinded so hard to be a part of like, it's just not going to be the same. Like I know we're going to win this championship. It's not going to be the same, like not having like participate in this. So I'm grinding so hard to rehab and come back and do this. And I'm not like quite ready yet, 
but like, but we make it to like game, game four of the finals and seen on one of our defensemen goes down and they're like, Hey, Lamps, you ready? Like, let's go. We like, you're ready to go. Right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Ready to go. End up playing game four, score the game winner, end up <laughs> playing game five, score in game five championship. And it was like, I got the party. You like, scored you know, in both, in games? both of them, both of them. And, got and to, you were a part and, of it. And, and got to be a huge part of it all of a sudden, like, and, and even though I was there in the room and I'm a big dressing room guy in this, but like, you know, just wouldn't have felt the same, you know, I, could, I couldn't tell you were a big dr- locker room guy. Yeah. Couldn't tell. Just would, it, just would not be the same, you know, and then, uh, and it ended up working out like all that kind of, I couldn't imagine the way I am. I'm a locker room guy. I couldn't imagine being the guy that's injured. It was like when Beatingheim won the Pokal or whatever it's called. And I was injured for the final game. I had played every game up to the finals, but I didn't play in the finals. And then when they won it, I didn't really feel like I was, you know, it's like, it was different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And you know what, like you being a part of it the whole year and then all of a sudden playoff start and this, like guys are almost talking to you in the locker room. Like you're already in the grave. You know what I mean? Like they're, like they're they know like you're they're showing you this like fake like this like it's not fake but they're like showing you like this sympathy like how bad they feel but then you're like man don't it like don't waste this energy on this like we're all pulling the same but you know it's like do this i don't need this fuck you know oh, I'm, hey, yeah. I'm here to be a, like i'm basically here to be a fluffer at this point like i'll go crying to my pillow at home i won't show it at the rink you know like I'll fucking get you guys super hard here in the room. And then I'll go cry in my pillow at home. I like, I like your attitude then, though. You're a team you know, guy. You show up, you yeah, do your thing and you yeah, give her. Yeah, and then yeah, that's like, how, that's how teams win though. You get the guys that actually cry at the rink and mope at yeah, the rink and, right, and, yeah. and don't show up and do what they got to do. Then that's when teams lose. Well, that's the thing. That's being a professional. It's like, Hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. You put things aside and you know what? you you do what's best for the team. And then, you know what, Hey, your might, your, your wife might not like you for that point in time, but she's the support system. She's the one that if you're truly going to be successful, like she's going to have to take it a little bit at home maybe. And you know what, when you show up to the rink, like you show up to the rink as a professional and with the same face on as if you're, if you're scoring, if you're scoring a hat trick or you're not, you know, like you're yeah. showing up with a not too high, place. not too low. You just show yeah, exactly. up and you give yeah, exactly. her and you're a teammate and you're there for everybody yep. else. Right. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, so you're there though for that year, you win it all. We, we, we're, we got it. We talk too much. We should almost have another <laughs> no. episode. Jesus Christ. Um, so Sorry. that Moritz Sider that played for the Red Wings though, he was there that year you win it. He's quite the oh, D-bad. Yeah. Eh? I watched that kid play. He's hitting guys. He's he controls the play. He like he's a he's doing her, eh? He's an absolute stud. And I knew he was gonna be that much of a stud because he's a 17-year-old kid, turned 18 halfway through the year, and he had a short leash on him. And this guy's mental attitude, like he had a short leash, and yet, you know, coach would like because he was our seventh D-man basically the whole year. But then all of a sudden the end of the year, he wasn't like, he was more in the mix, got more trust, but still like if he made a mistake, like coaches would sit him and he, he didn't give a shit mentally. He just was like, never thought about that mistake again. 
you know, and that's what I knew he was like going to be a superstar. And, and he would go because out. that's the hardest. So it's like if you you do a brutal turnover backhand, how whatever. Are next, how are your next shifts? How are your next games? Do those yeah. like the good players? They fuck up. They don't even they don't even let it affect them whatsoever, right? It's like how do I? But all of a sudden, average players they'll make one mistake, and then all of a sudden they'll compound the problem because they're and still it just keeps turning into mistake. a bigger and bigger thing. And then and all this of a sudden, kid's seven, this kid's seventeen and eighteen years old, and his mental game was his confidence was already. You know what? Hey, these coaches don't want to play me right now. They're lost. You know? I find it very interesting, uh, like the mental game, because when we were growing up there was no mental game there was mental abuse i would say (laughs) like and now um (laughs) mental game is like you got to think you're the best you actually do have to think you're the best or you're not you have to you have to if if, i mean if you don't think that way then you're not and that's just plain and simple you don't have to tell everybody telling everybody makes you a prick yeah exactly but tell yourself you, you know? got to do it to yourself. Yeah. You got to, when yeah, you're right. going to bed 100%. at night, say, I'm going to do this. I'm waking 100%. up the next morning and saying, I'm doing this. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's yeah, I agree. Um, okay. So anyways, you do that though. You did your two years of Mannheim, but did they not sign you for a third year? No. All right. It's another story too. Oh, so basically no. when I was, I got to pee. If you got it, I know. Fuck, story. All right. Last one, last one. So, <laughs> I came in with the new GM and the new coach. When I got there, basically, like during that time that I was being scratched, the uh, uh, the GM, the new GM was like, "Hey, uh, if you want to find a new team, because I still had one more year on my deal, I signed a two-year deal." He's like, "If you want to find new year, new, uh, if you want to find a new team, go ahead." I'm like, "Fuck, like, all right." I'm like, so I call my agent. I'm like, hey, they said if I want to find a new team, he's like, all right, well, they don't want you there. And this is, you know, basically, I didn't come in with these guys. So I was going to go to Ingolstadt, had a deal in place, whatever. And then all of a sudden, the owner, I go, I'm like, the GM's like, hey, the uh, the owner said that uh, you weren't allowed to go. I'm like, what do you mean? They told me to 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 find a new place. Apparently, like the GM didn't tell the owner or whatever. He's like, no, you're not going anywhere. So. I'm like, all right, well, this is weird. So the owner like, trumped it. Yeah, the owner trumped it. And then, so then end up, end up finishing the season. It's all good. We win the championship, right? But I'm like, babe, do not buy one more thing for our house because obviously we're leaving after this year. Within three weeks to start the new year, I get a contract extension for another year. It was, I was like, tell it. What a mental time, pretzel. She's telling me the whole time. She's like, I'm like, you're delusional. She's like, she's like, why wouldn't they sign you for another year? Like, why wouldn't they sign? I'm like, babe, they just asked me to find new team and the GM like wanted me out of here. And then, and then like got trumped and then they have me for the year and they can literally, it's madam, they can sign anybody they want. I'm like, we're not coming back. And then literally three weeks into the new season, I like, we're meeting on the road and, uh, we're meeting on the road and agent calls. He's like, Hey, they want to, uh, GM just sent me a text and said, Hey, let's talk about number 32. And I was like, I honestly thought I like my agent calls like, no, 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 no. He's, I think he's talking about 33. Like, I think, I think he's talking about 33. Like, what do you mean? Let's he's like, no, I think he just asked me about re-signing 32. I'm like, nah, I think he's got the wrong number. Like <laughs> he might be talking about 37 or 33. And then literally like 
that night, like on the road, I like, go to his room. He's like, so can we get this done? He's like, you want to be here another year? I'm like, you, yeah. I'm like, let's go. So I signed one more year and then, uh, <laughs> and then that was it. And, I, and you know, my wife, like, she's always like, why do you even fight me on this? Like, I know all this shit, you know, I'm like, <laughs> she's like you always fight me on everything. And like, I'm always right. I'm like, yeah, I know you are. So it was a, it was, you talk about like a, a wild, like six months, you know? I, it, it's crazy. And I, but then in Europe, I've watched it. I've seen it happen is they like, it's weird. Like you say about the best players and they get over shit is you can be in a town and you can see fans in Germany actually hate a player. They will oh. boo whistle. They hate them. Then they score a few goals. And then all of a sudden they like them. They score a few more goals. Then the guy's got confidence. Next thing you know, he's staying there. And it's like, they're a fickle bunch. The German fans. <laughs> well, especially in these, especially these, like, these places I play too, like I play in Bremerhaven and Mannheim when I go back with Straubing now. And, you know, you always have those hardcore fans that like love you and do this. But all of a sudden, like you talk about like, cause I, you know, I play a hard game and I'm like in the mix all the time, you know, just like fucking in the mix. Like someone's, you're on, the ice some, yeah, you're someone's on the ice somewhere. And <laughs> the amount of fucking hate messages, <laughs> beer thrown on me, like, it is wild, you know, like, and just to think like the year before, like this guy would have let me bang his wife, you know? And then now, like, and then now it's like, now he I, hates now I, it's like, I killed his dog, dude, you know? Like, and it changes like that in Germany, man. man. It's wild. It's you should have like, seen me in Beatingheim. You could have seen me at Beatingheim when we won the championship and they called me Mr. Brent Walton. And every time I went out, it was Mr. Brent Walton. And then three years later, because they, they have a shitty budget and they have brutal players and we're not as good. And we are a bottom of the table team because that's what we paid for. And then all of a sudden I apparently am not Mr. Brent Walton. I am a piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, now you're fine, Mrs. Brent Walton, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And they'll let you know like, that, no, too. No, guys, <laughs> no but, but, that, but you know what? The things I don't understand about the German fans is, like, how they can, like, pretend to be so tough and then all of a sudden just scream about anybody touching the ice. You know, like, as soon as someone goes down on the ice, it's like, it's like you just jaywalked, you know? Don't jaywalk, you know? like And they don't jaywalk. <laughs> They yeah, won't I know, do that's it. What I mean. that's what they I mean. will not cross. I mean. They will that's not I, cross the saying. crosswalk on saying. the red it's light. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like they just saw you do that. You know, it's like that's when somebody just goes oh my on the God. Edge. They want to and, see consequences. They do. And I, I, I'll never forget when there was a couple of people that jaywalked, and I was like, You, why do you guys like they looking at them like they just killed somebody? I'm like, They walked across the road when there was no cars coming. <laughs> it's pretty funny pretty funny oh my gosh it's back to the real world and this has been another episode of zero ales and hockey tales with lamper and wally some people clap on the one and three some people clap on the two and four some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm and that's all right some people they drink too much some people don't drink enough some people are just like me 